player 2 has joined the game. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 125 of the Two Player Co-op Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts here, Kevin, along this week with my brother from my other mother, uh, Logan Wilkinson, is here, everybody. Hey, hi, it's me. Thank you for having me, Kevin. I miss you, dude. It's been way, way, it's been way too long. Way too long. Because I think long. the last time we did one of these was after KFL 3, right? Yeah, it was. God. Yeah, it was. That's... Wow. Because you were yeah. in town for uh, the first episode we did around, not this, but this table when we did the new table. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like episode 74, maybe it was 73. Right bef- it was May of 2017 was yeah. when that one was. Okay. Um, so it's been a long time. Then we did the yeah. KFL 3 recap after that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been way too long. Uh, yes. Absolutely. So if you're not aware, obviously, typically Sean's here. You know, he had a baby and did all that stuff. Uh, if you watched last Living week. Living a life, week, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got to do the whole parent thing and all that. Um, Kira's perfect. She's just, again, like, I don't want to turn this into like a, a Uncle Gushing uh, podcast. But, man, it's. Those baby I, pics, though. Oh, she's man. so cute. She's oh, so cute. And just, and Sean is so happy. And it's just like, as a big brother, mm. it just it just absolutely warms my heart to see him with Kira. It's like, I mean, I've got four kids of my own, so I know what it's like. It is what it is. But like to see your little brother with their baby, just mm. it just it, whether it's pictures or it's in person and everything, it's just and to hear him talk about her. It's just, it's awesome. Brittany basically like uploaded like an album on Facebook and it's just like, Oh man, like these are all right. I'm feeling it now. Yeah. It's got me all in the feels. Um, so Sean's taking a few weeks off. He may be back next week. He may not. I don't know. I've got a guest lined up for next week if he's not back. Um, but we'll, we'll let you know sooner than later about that. Um, but if this is the first time you're seeing us, this is the two player co-op podcast. We thank you guys so much for watching. If, if this is the first time you're seeing us, make sure if you're hearing us or whatever, however you're seeing us, go to youtube.com slash two player co-op, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button on the video, share the video and the channel with your friends and family. It would mean a lot to us. We're trying to get to a thousand subs this year. Where are so you right now? Little, we're at about seven eighty five, give or we're take. There. Okay. okay. Something like that. Um, we slowed down a lot over this last year because thanks YouTube for changing all your policies, changing your algorithm, changing your monetization. So like, obviously we're not going to sh- show up and search if we're not monetized. Cause why would they show our videos? Because we're not making them any ad money. So thanks YouTube. That's awesome. Not, so not if you know like, about it, no, perfectly fine. It's fine. They're holding like 75 of our dollars behind the paywall because we were monetized <laughs> until a year ago and then they screwed us over. Dollars. <sighs> which is all we've ever invested in this channel, right? Not like a thousand or something. Um, but yeah, so make sure you like the video, subscribe, all that other stuff. We're trying to get to a thousand subs this year. I think we're going to hit it. Um, mm-hmm. I do. I God willing, so. we're going to hit it. Um, also, if you're not aware, kind of funny is running their kind of funny up and comer contest, go to kind of funny.com slash up and comer. Submit us. If you haven't already, Logan, do you know how long Greg's keeping this open? Or like nope. when they're going to decide a winner or anything? Okay, I wasn't no, sure if uh, they had announced anything about that, but no, I no, I've no, I haven't seen anything from Greg. Um, from what I've talked to Joey about it, anything um either. Uh, no, I don't know. I know that they're okay. going to pick two people now, so that means two different kind of things. Yeah, um, I got that. So vote for you know Kev and Sean to play her up, and then also just come over to rationfashions.com vote for us as well. Yes, there's. I want to talk about that in a second because you guys are making moves over there. 
Um, also, we have a merch store if you weren't aware. If you want to get a sweet shirt like this, let's go to teespring.com slash stores slash two-player co-op. Uh, go over there. It, it makes us a tiny bit of money, which we invest back into ourselves. Uh, like I said, it's not like we spent $1,000 on this channel or anything. Nah. Maybe maybe we did. Um, we also have a Twitch page, but I'm going to stop promoting that until we actually start using it. Hey, but I did you guys know if you've been see somebody play PUBG <sighs> there, and it was pretty great. So I'm just saying, go. I go got a kill. I yeah, got a kill. kill. I, I found that on like pop up my like YouTube recommended like videos. Okay. And so I watched it clip again the other day. And I was like, man, it is such a good like 40 seconds. Like the highs and lows of life all in caps in like that one 40 second clip. So I don't know if you got to watch or listen to us last week, but that was one of the things. So like Adam here at Nerd I One asked because uh, I did a Q&A episode because I was doing a solo podcast, which was super stressful. So thank you to everybody that sent <laughs> questions and thank you to everybody that actually watched or listened because that was super stressful. But that was one of the questions was, what is the genre you've never been able to get into? And for me, it's it's turn based RPGs and mm, it's yeah. online shooters slash battle mm. royales. Like I just yeah. I thought PUBG was going to be the one I could get into. There's no building. There's nothing extraneous. It just it's just third person call of duty you land you find your loot you get your stuff you go you hide in bush do whatever you got to do but it's like even that didn't click with me but that but yes you are 100 percent right that clip sums up me in online shooters 100 because it's like oh my god i gotta kill and i'm dead well shit okay not whatever. not to immediately derail this podcast like no we we, in, in, into we the never do that here yeah but like i think the game for that for you is what the game for that for me was, which is Apex, right? Where it's like, I didn't play Fortnite. I didn't play PUBG. It was like, these don't, these are not going to be games for me, right? And I don't, I'm not really here for that, but it's like, Apex is great. Like, I, I can't stop thinking about it. Like, when are we going to, with this podcast, I want to play Apex if I can. Like, I just, and like tomorrow yeah. is obviously Sunday, so like I'm going to be off and like, I just want to play Apex for as much of tomorrow as I can. We I already told, I already messaged you before. Like, we need, need I to know. squad up. I haven't got my win yet. I'm not bitter about it. I've got second place like seven times. I'm not upset about it. I'm not angry really? about it. Me and Jared See, I've in got... particular squad up a lot and we keep getting second and it's a really, okay. really, it's a whole thing. See, I'll just bring y'all down. Like I've, I've played like three Literally impossible. Rounds. We haven't won yet. No. <laughs> we have nowhere to go but up. Well, I mean, I've never won. I, it's funny. So my kids were watching me. It was like my fourth game that I had played, I think. And we were going, I was going through it and everything. And we were, it, it just seems like it takes forever to get to somebody, but we finally got somebody. We engaged them. They were pinging them and doing mm -hmm. all this. And I'm like, brr, brr. I'm like, I'm, I know I'm peppering this guy. Brr, brr, brr. And then I die and nobody revives me and whatever. And then it gets to the end of the match and it's like damage done zero. I'm like, I am absolutely hundred percent worthless. I can't do anything in this stupid game. I just suck. But like I've always said about battle royales, if I can squad up with people that I actually know, mm -hmm. then I would probably have mm -hmm. fun. That's the way with to it. do it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm not giving up on Apex yet. I'm not giving up on it yet. But when I've been playing with randos, I'm horrible. I mean, like I've I've made it a thing to where like I haven't even I haven't played a single game where I don't know at least one of the people, right? Where it's either me or Jared okay. playing, or me and Scott playing, or me, Jared Scott, me, Jared Quinn. I'm like I've just been teamed up with the IP boys um again and again and again. Um, because it's just it's a real good. And that way, it's real good, right? And like one of my favorite like gaming moments so far this year is Mean Jared. And like I, I pull a classic Greg Miller style gameplay when I drop into Apex. I'm like, all right, where are people not at? That's where we're gonna be at. Yep. Avoid the people as much as possible. And so like we, I like directed us down into like a little thing, and Mean Jared got the other guy person like immediately died or whatever. 
Um, and so it was me and Jarrett, and we landed in a building immediately, like on the kind of the corner of the map. And as the circle got cl- smaller and smaller and smaller, we were still good until literally it was three squads left, and the circle was our building. It was just the building that was oh it. And I was like, lit, we didn't move the entire game and got second place, and we had one firefight the entire game. We lost, obviously, because we didn't win. Yeah. But it was like such a fantastic, like, awesome that we just got to stay in that one building the entire time and have it locked down. I'm pretty sure the only times I've gotten top 10 in PUBG was when I did that exact yeah, exactly. philosophy. Yeah. Like I landed at the perfect spot. I got some decent weapons. I went up and I remember one time I went up in a building and there was only one way to get in. And it was, I was looking down the stairs. Uh, there was a door, there was a window over here and a guy jumped through the window, scared me half to death, mm-hmm. but he jumped through the window. He kind of stumbled and I just went, brr, brr, killed him, looted him. I was like, okay, I'm just going to stay here. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to move. Hopefully nobody heard that. And nobody heard it. And I just stayed there until it was like top 10. Then when I actually had to move, somebody was like, oh, hey, noob, dead. I'm like, well, whatever. Yeah, I, like I, I, just- I ain't trying to be Rambo here. I'm trying to win. I want to win, especially now where it's like I've gotten second and third and fourth. Too much. It's like I want to win Apex. I don't care if I get one, seven, whatever kills. Realistically, it's going to be like one kill probably. But like I just want to win the game and get that yep. W. I mean, a chicken dinner. <sighs> I've never gotten a chicken dinner and I probably I never either. will. But I'm not going to stop. Either. I'm never going to stop trying. Um. But you did mention IP. Logan. I did. Talk to me about IP. Y'all got new people. Yeah, it's true. Um, how's Input Pod going? Mm-hmm. How, how's everything going over there at, at Rational Passions? Yeah, so Irrational, rationalpassions.com uh, forward slash. Go check it out. I mean, um, since a lot, it's funny too, because since the last time that I was on this pod, um, we've had four new people join the site, obviously. Wow. Because last year... Mike Scott and Quinn all joined, and then this year, within the last, within this month, like time was a circle. But I think it was two weeks ago, week and a half ago, um, Jessica joined, um, yep. which was very exciting. Uh, and so it's been absolutely bonkers, and that's the thing, like especially like getting to catch up with you really in depth because both of our two respective kind of entities here have like changed so much in the last fifteen months, whatever it has been. Yeah. Um, yeah, so gosh, now input is at episode 80. They celebrated, uh, this past week without me. Um, I wasn't on cause it was Valentine's day. Um, and so that was episode 80. So we're 20 episodes away from hundred for input. IPP Rush Passions podcast has eclipsed 500 episodes now my god um, that's crazy that's alex so has been cool. doing that since the summer of 2010 wow um when he was 17 years old in high school and senior high school i'm yeah, so senior in high school uh <sighs> it's my favorite thing if, if this is your first episode of two play court podcast which i hope it is just going in blind like this just know a few important things one kevin is a proud member of team old um he embraces <sighs> he tries to fight against it but he just in his heart he knows it um, and me and Sean are keeping down Team Young hard. Sean's um, not even Sean. Sean's a dad now. By the way, now that Sean is a young, dad and he's thirty-four, you dad. can't be Team Young if you're thirty-four and nah, a dad. Nah, One or the other, maybe, but not it's, both. No way. It's a lifestyle. Okay, it's a lifestyle, <laughs> not a not a number. All right, that's what it is. Uh, I'm 27 years old now too, which is a weird thing. I'm now officially in my late 20s now um it's a whole reckoning i'm going through here in the last month that i've been 27 uh that's what's happened in the last 15 months as well um but no yeah like ip is crazy we obviously like video game book club we started that last year um the kind of seasonal shows we've done 
input, just trucking along, doing really f- fun, goofy, dumb stuff with that. Um, usually, I'm never George isn't there because then we can break the rules, me and Jarrett. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. And then 2018 in particular was, I think, a a transitional growing pains year in a lot of ways, right? It was us almost doubling in size and it was me, Jarrett and George, I would say mostly or me, Alex and George. Jarrett has just is a perfect human being. So he just knows that what's stuff going on. He's an actual adult, but it was me, Alex and George kind of figuring <laughs> out like these more leadership things and kind of having to be actual like senior staff people for like a thing and edit stuff and be in charge of like schedules and these kind of things and other people's responsibilities um and figuring that out and figuring our own roles out within the dynamics and the newer people's things and i think we there were growing pains in that there was friction in that there's tension in that like there is i think in any project i mean obviously um but i think 2019 i keep i keep every tweet you see about anything i keep saying goat year man it's just gonna be the goat year um yep it's just gonna happen like i i firmly believe that for you for me for sean, for sean he's off to a head start here yeah he, um, he's he's having Sean's off to a head start, start here yeah. everybody here yeah i, I can't uh, but, help it i'm done having babies i physically yeah can't. yeah and I, so but, so um for everybody for alex or greg for joey for anybody it's it's goat year it's what it is and so i think we have that kind of year now of actually managing a team and having a team and not just be like the four of us um and everybody kind of have their own roles and like i think it's a relaunch in a way of ip um if you want to call it that like a rebranding right like that's what the meet ip like twitter thing we did um just kind of yep. reintroduce that was cool yeah I, I, people really liked that when i'm upset with that that was a really good idea george had um and kind of reintroduce ourselves but in particular to reintroduce or to i guess introduce for the first time like the newer people right obviously like quinn Mike Scott, who are significantly less known, and then Jess too, who obviously just got brought on, um, and to kind of promote them, uh, it was cool to see like the interactions of that, right? Like Eric Sapp, who works at IGN, uh, like loved that and kept commenting on like all the different things, and um, it was a lot of I think a lot of just really positive things from that and from the things we're doing. And February in particular is like our, it's like our kind of funny day, but spread out over like a month. Um, we're just kind of like getting ready to launch different things and do different things, right? Like we're going to start doing video essays. Um, we're going to start doing, I mean, we're going to restart video game book club, which I guess we already have now after game of the year and that, <laughs> um, and then it's learning the lessons from the past few years, right? So like, we're going to be doing extra life different than we have for the past three years. Um, we're going to be doing game of the year different this December than we have from years past. Um, game year has been an evolution anyway, but it's exciting. Be excited. PAX East 2019, Rational Passions. Every member of the editorial staff will be there for the first time. Um, it's going to be very exciting. We're going to be rolling very deep, all eight of us. Um, That's awesome. Is it March, right? The end of March. We're okay. like five weeks away. I should buy my plane tickets. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Nobody let me forget. Um, but yes, it is the end of March. It's PAX East. And then we're rolling um, with videos and new shows and new content and getting people out there, shaking hands, kissing babies, uh, doing all the good stuff. And just go, yeah, man. All the all the good feels. We're, we're here for it at irrashpassion.com. Awesome. I love it. I love everything you're doing over there. I love any anytime you. You, you post something that that's that's the written word or it's a podcast Thank or whatever. You. I try to keep them up with them as much as I can, but it's just, we do 
we do so <sighs> much content yeah. at IP. It is absolutely. I mean, like the encapsulation of that for me is game of the year, right? Where we did IPP does its yearly five day extravaganza, and then this year editorial staff did its own thing for the first time, um, which I've been pushing for for years. And so that was in itself a four day thing. Then we also did our written top tens for the, all the staff. Um, and then we also did the video kind of tribute to Spider-Man, which is our game of the year, spoiler alert. Um, that is like one of the single proudest things I am feel from all the years with IP. Like the, that, that, it was that super cool. So, the the yeah. production value and everything. It was, it that was, was pretty sweet. And, and get in the VO from all of us, except for Jarrett who boycotts game of the year and <laughs> get it in the gameplay and, Having me and Alex kind of intro and outro it, um, and like what everybody kind of wrote for it, like it, it is what the dream that me and Alex each have for IAP, but like being like it is a team, and is that is that that view to me is production quality, like in the same vein of like an IEG and game of the year, like I agree, that's like yep. literally the inspiration. It, it I reminded had me of, of IGN yeah. is what that's I thought. Totally I what it. I was yep. like, I was like, this is what I imagined, like the video from the last one they did, and like the one they did for like God of War, the one they did for this that, like. That was totally the inspiration. Like we're again here at Irrational Passions, we are very obvious. In fact, we just rip off people's ideas and just do it on our own thing. And so that, that was like, a, yeah, this is what like I don't want to do for years, and doing it like that, and it coming off so good because Mike is an ungodly talented video producer. Like that's just what he does so well. Um, it was great. Um, and so yeah, like that's it. And something exciting for me personally, selfishly, narcissistically, is. Um, getting to go back to like writing again about games and doing it more than it did last year, which really is coupled with like just falling in love with the games again. Right. Cause like I've, I've talked a little bit about like nothing really clicked with me in 2018 in terms of games. Um, yeah. Which is like I, I know you think the, the, the God of War was your game yeah. of the year, but it wasn't like, it was, it wasn't like a world beater for you when I, when yeah. I read your, your, your game of the year stuff. Yeah. And so like, that was like, I, I literally said it where it's like for Greg, it's like, arguably his new favorite game of all time, right? And for like Trevor Starkey, who's one of my very best friends too, it's like arguably his new favorite game of all time too. And like just the entire industry obviously like adores and loves that game. And we'll literally get to that later in this episode. Um, but like God of War for me was like, this is a very great video game, but I don't love it as much as everybody else. And then on the flip side of that is the fact that like at IP, I liked it more than anybody else. So I was in this weird thing where it's like mm -hmm. in the larger industry, I didn't like it as much as anybody else. And then within the site i had to like defend it and it was like oh it's a weird i don't really feel good in either one of these things and that was a game i felt the best about and then like i said it literally in that top 10 piece where i was like in any other year maybe two or three of these games are on a top 10 list like i was like i, I don't like nothing clicked there was no game that i just loved right and like maybe it's the fact that the previous two years were such world beaters for me in particular right where like 2016 was uncharted for it was this game that like yep. it was a culmination of a 10-year journey basically and then last year was 2017 was maybe the best year for giving games i've ever like 2017 was fucking banana i don't bananas um uh bleep that out i guess but it was <laughs> bananas and uh it was so good and it was such a like an like top bottom it was an amazing list like shout out to sonic mania fam it was good it was the best no! sonic game ever made ever made um, there's no there's not even i mean there's I'm no sonic doubt there's absolutely you know, no question yeah it was the best sonic we'll just have a sonic oh which rank all the sonic games podcast later on um but it was so good and 
the fact that like that and like what it means of Edith Finch, which like obviously I could you know? bang a drum about oh every God. day of my life yeah. and be happy. And the fact that that didn't win my game of the year out of nowhere, because in December that year, on the recommendation of Alex and Jared, I played Hellblade and that game like tr- like blew. I have no adjective to describe it, like blew me away. Right. Like Hellblade became instantly like one of the three best games I've ever played. Like in terms of like the emotional impact it had on me, like Hellblade messed me up fam yeah uh it's such a good game and it's such a great like audio design and everything oh come on get out of here hellblade and so like the past years were such like boom games and then 2018 was like nothing was really clicking it was the stress of just like everything with ip it was i moved across the country sport like also i did that since we last had a podcast i live in austin texas now um and so just like probably my favorite city in this entire just world i must say austin's great Austin's pretty, Austin's yep. pretty dope. Yeah. And so it's, it was just like a crazy, and it was like, it was very much like a down year and just like my connection with games and my connection with just like the larger industry. And so like, it was great for game of the year. And then like the kind of conversations we had behind the scenes at IP, it should be like, go here. We're doing it this year. It's going to be great. We're going to be writing. We're going to be doing podcasts. We're going to be doing shows. We're going to be doing videos. We're going to be doing streams and let's plays and so many things that we can talk about behind the scenes, but not here and just be excited is very exciting. Go year for IP. Go year for two play cup. Go year for Kevin. Go year for Sean. Go year for Logan. Go year for you, the listener. John Bernardo, uh, maybe. You know what I mean? So, Canada's got things I'm sure that are exciting. Snow. So, so Bernardo, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to make you so sad and, and jealous, Jennifer Anderson. <laughs> um, you know, I'm in it. I'm in it. <laughs> but okay. So speaking of goat year and speaking of games of the year, I want to talk Resident Give, Evil too. Yeah, let's do it. So again, playing? so going back to 2017, so 2017 yep. started yep. so hot for me yep. with RE7, yep. which I loved probably yes. two thirds of it, three quarters of it, whatever I would say we once I got to the end. Yes, you you didn't hate the end as much as I did. You actually you liked the end. My least favorite part. This, I like the last act a little bit more than the middle act. So the first hour was perfect. Yeah, period. that whole first They're, act is flawless. It is a match. Unbelievable. Just yes. unbelievable. Yes. And I I gotta get it back. Paul Schafani, I gotta get back from I, I lent my game for extra life and I gotta get I gotta get it back because they were gonna do oh, VR actually, and extra yeah. life and I, I gotta get Very, it back. But as a um, pin a pin on this real quick, yes. congratulations on extra life. Yes, absolutely smashed your like just you killed extra life this past year. It, it was Very, awesome. It was awesome. For, yeah. The, the first year us doing it, and you know, I wish I could have been a there ton more. Of fun, for, right? Yeah, we were there for seven or eight hours. As of every stream, unless you like do this professionally, we had some major issues a few sure. hours in, which I is going to happen. IPs but. was a disaster. It, like, it totally just like imploded. It was yeah, we were rough. both in the same in the uh, same boat. Yeah, and so yeah, like, but you guys absolutely killed it. Um, I donated money just to put you in pain. Yeah, I you regret did. not you a did. single second of it. Do I have that video on my phone and watch it probably once a week? Yes, probably. It's so good. S- I just wonder how much worse the actual ghost pepper would be because the powder was horrible. Cause it's like, you, you go back like 10 years or mm-hmm. whatever with that, that stupid cinnamon challenge thing. Yeah. Was. Oh yeah. I remember so you, you combine the cinnamon challenge with all this power stuff and you can't swallow it. You combine that with ghost pepper hotness and then you have what you saw on extra life. And uh, it's very good. Everybody Ugh. like, just go find that video on Twitter. Probably it's so, yeah, good. Sean's got it too. If Sean, you're watching this, Sean you texted me his, it. I got the yeah. like, OG like deep cut behind the scenes. Look of it. It was horrible. It was horrible. Um, was thank bad. you for that, Logan. We thank you for yeah. your donation. But yeah, yeah, we, we did welcome. kill it. You were it was welcome. awesome. It was a lot of fun. We're looking forward again to, to do it this yeah. year. Um, actually, yeah, it was, was one awesome. of my favorite like time periods of the, and that's also what like, 
Um, there's just something special about extra life where it is like that whole kind of like team aspect, just like spending time together right? and like just being in this cramped space, just having to like do dumb shenanigans for like 24 hours or even for like seven, eight hours, but like you're just all there together. And it like, it really feels that like sense of camaraderie and what you've kind of built together. Yeah. Um, but, and it's, it's, it's the camaraderie in the building, but then it's also when you, when you look on Twitter and you see all these Larger people community. across the whether it's kind of funny with with their hundreds of millions of thousands, mm-hmm. not hundreds, of millions, you know, I mean, hundreds of thousands or millions of followers that they have, versus y'all and us and all these other people that we see and everybody's doing their own thing for extra life. It's just so cool. It it helps you stay motivated. It helps you. Yes, raise absolutely. Money it is a it's it's, it's awesome. a refueling thing. And even though last year's was probably my least favorite extra life, last year was a mess. That's another behind the scenes conversation we'll talk about. But like 2017 extra life with Greg and Jen and Joey there. Oh god. That was and Fertillo awesome. yeah. is still to this day probably one of the single three or four best like weeks of my entire life. Like, it was absolutely because like, that was where it's like this is what it's all about. Like this is like this has been the dream and like it's happened. Like it's such a great visceral feeling. Um, and the culmination of like, 2017 was a bananas year, and that was like the culmination of that. Um, and 2019 actually, life plans can be pretty good. Uh, but anyway, RE seven tangents are going to abound this episode. Just be ready, listener. Well, let me let me get one other tangent in there. I yes. think I'm the only one that thinks this way, but I miss Babyface Greg Miller. I'm the only one that so feels that. I think, but I, I miss Babyface Greg Miller. Babyface Greg Miller. I saw a picture of him. I saw. I was watching Oration again recently. I was like, oh, Babyface Greg Miller. He's got he's got something to him. He's got some charm to him. Yeah. I don't hate bearded Greg Miller. Obviously, I mean, if you're only watching or only listening to the video or audio and not watching the video. I have a beard, um, but like, so I'm, I can't. Yeah. I'm pretty proud team beard. Sean also has a beard. Uh, so maybe it's yeah, just like a team yeah, young yeah. thing. Maybe it's just like a young yeah, guy. That's only like, just yeah, keep yeah. it going. Yep, yeah. Yep. Uh, but like, so I obviously like beards. Um, but Greg, I think from, there's definitely some like Clark hints you've made this to like having the no beard for Greg that like fits really well. Um, he's, he's like a little bit of a different person with that beard. Um, but, Greg's just a beautiful man. I mean, he's 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 comfortable either way. Uh, so I, I'm I'm here for it either way. But yeah, there's definitely some charm, like nostalgia to that clean shaven Greg face. I think that's what it is. I think it's for me. I grew up on Colin and Greg on Beyond. Yeah. I mean, didn't grow up. I was a grown ass man by that. I point. grew but, you up know, on them. Well, yeah, you did. Okay, let let's let. So. But I fell in love with like video game podcasts and everything, listening yeah. to Colin and Greg and then doing the the video portion. And then when they left it kind of funny, it's just like Greg to me still when I think of Greg Miller, I think I still think of babyface Greg Miller. So it's just I, weird for I me. Been a year with a beard now, but still. I definitely still think of the babyface Greg Miller when I think of okay. Greg. Like it's still definitely that image of me, right? I'm like especially like I had some sort of conversation this tangent stores. I had some sort of conversation with somebody where like I mentioned like old school beyond where it was like Greg Colin, like Ryan powerhouse Clements and Andrew oh, Goldfarb, yeah. right? Like the force and like, that's like the kind of the golden age beyond that. I, I grew up with and it was like, all oh, right. Like they like, Hey, if you look back at this picture now, it's like, man, they're all so young in these they pictures. Were uh, <laughs> yeah. Like especially like Goldfarb who was the youngest to begin with. Right? Oh, like, he's like, still a baby. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so it's like, Oh man, like I did, it's such a funny thing where it's like, man, this seems especially for me, obviously, where they're all older than me, going for only like a few years, but still. And so it's like, man, like I thought they were so old, then, and now it's like I'm their age, like I'm their age, and it's like, oh man, I gotta like rethink some decisions I've made, apparently. Um, and I, I could be their dads, basically. That's you how old not, I am. You are right? literally, you, <laughs> you're what, thirty four, thirty five? 
I'm 37. I, I think I'm. So you're you're younger than Nick. You're a few years older I'm than Greg. Than Nick. Yeah, yeah, Greg. I think is 35 or 36, and Collins a year younger than him. I think. Greg Tim's is 83. Yeah, Greg, is okay. 80, Greg is 83, so he'll be next month. He'll be, what is that, 36? Yes. Yeah, I'm 81 in November, so I'll be 38 in November. Dear and God. then Nick is 39. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, on the plus side, they're like, Andy's only 30. Well, I guess it's an, I guess it's a downside. I guess it's the opposite of the plus side. Andy seems like Andy, he's like 23 or something. Andy, I, I love, Andy is eternally I love, a child. Um, I love Andy. I love Andy. Much. And he's a good Texas boy, so I, I love yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, and Joey's 30 as well. Cool Greg is my age. He's a 92 kid. Okay. Um, and then Barrett is younger than me and Cool Yeah, Barrett's like 24, I think, or something. Yes, 23, 24. I should know this. Barrett, don't be upset at me. Um, oh, God. I'm so old. I'm so freaking old. <laughs> it's horrible. So anyway, so Resident Evil 7 yes. started off 2017 awesomely. Yes. And I and I was like, okay, so I know Horizon's coming out. I know Breath of Wild's coming out. Mm. We thought Odyssey was coming out. We didn't know for sure. I don't think at that point, but we didn't know for sure yet. No. Okay, so 2019. I don't know. Even after the direct that just happened, we'll get to that here in a minute. This game. So now I've gone through the. I've gone through Leon's A and Claire's B. Okay. And it is going to be hard as hell for something to top this game for me. I never played RE2. I think we're both in the same. I didn't either. There. I didn't either. Yeah. I, like Sean played it on N64, I think. I, I'm, wow. I don't think I ever even touched it. No. Uh, but from the first time, like we've been he hearing about the RE2 remake since I think 2015 was the, the shirt that said we do it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't get officially announced until last E3 when yeah. I predicted RE8 and I was I was off by a year. It's gonna it's coming in twenty well uh, not a year. You you know what I mean? I think it's yeah. I think every two years we're gonna go RE7 RE2 remake and then we're gonna get RE8 and then we're gonna get RE one three four remake one. I of think those, it'll be four. I, I don't think you're four. gonna remake a three. For me, I selfishly I want four because I think four like I said like when we've talked about RE2 it's like. I think that RE2 plays the way that people think RE4 plays in their mind, in their mm. in like looking back in their mind. But when I played that a couple That's years really ago interesting. For, the, for the first time, I was like, I see the greatness in this, but I don't like the way you can tell it controls like it's 2005. Yeah. If you just did that, you don't need to change anything else. Don't change any enemies. Don't change any, any, you know, enemy emplacements or anything like that. AI, anything you just update it with RE2's graphics and the RE engine and their control style and everything. And it's freaking one of the best games ever made period. RE2, I've never played RE4. So. Oh my God. Really? So, I've well, the, I mean, the I'm one to talk. Resident I Evil games I I've played are RE7 and RE2 remake. That's the only two Resident Evil games I've ever played. I've seen entire like playthroughs of, re1 but i've never okay. played it myself so i played re1 we had it on the saturn god bless us. you're such a seconder I, you, should, it's horrible. you should have let yeah. it go way before then man <laughs> we should have we should have let it go when we bought the 32 x used and it didn't even work we had to take it back and get wor a working one but anyways that's the most 32 uh, x thing i've ever it didn't work that's that sounds about right for sega oh man <sighs> moment of silence um <laughs> Well, I played RE1 a little bit. We owned it on yeah. Saturn, but I never, I, I, I mean, I did, I played it. I don't even know that I would say extensively, but I played it a decent bit. I never beat it. Sean beat it. I, it was the whole, 
even back then the tank controls and the fixed camera i didn't like yeah. it i didn't like the ribbon like you couldn't just find a typewriter when i i saved when i beat it with leon my pl- a playthrough i think i saved like 70 times sean laughed i saved, he like, saved like 30. i think i had like 39 40 like if yeah like i, I saved because i don't i played too many games where it's like all right now i've lost like three hours and it's like nope not doing yeah that. see the and the thing is i knew i didn't have to do it but it's like i would find an item and i'd be like well, I'm going to run back because I can hear yeah. the Titan or the mm-hmm. tyrant walking around over there. I'm just going to run back, save it. Even though once you get to a new area or something, you can see the little save icon over here. It's doing a quick save. I knew Doesn't I didn't matter. need to, yeah. but it was like the OCD and me wouldn't let it go. What was but your letter grade? B. That's what I get. I'm happy with the B. B's okay. getting degrees, fam. Yeah, like... I don't know how anybody can beat this game. Like to get the platinum in this, you got to beat it on standard yeah. in under two and a half and on hardcore under two hours. There's on both playthroughs. There's literally no way in hell that that's ever going to happen. So I know that I don't even need to try for the platinum. This was the same for me where it's like, no I was way. like, Oh, I could get the, I'm getting like a lot of trophies. I could get the platinum and I looked at it. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Nope. Just nope, nope. not happening. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I, I struggled with Claire's B playthrough a little bit at first. Uh, the, the further I got through it, I got some some new weapons. I started getting used to her play style. It was just weird having like walking into the, the main hall of the, the police station and then you think the desk there's going to be a safe spot and it's not a safe spot. So you got to relearn. Like obviously the layout's the same, but there are certain things that are different. A lot of the puzzles are the same puzzles, but there's different ways you got to solve the, the statues and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um but once I got a little bit later into the playthrough, I started. I, I got a couple other weapons and stuff. I freaking loved it from from then on. Claire's a badass. Like this, mm-hmm. this game is so good. And Capcom, it's so funny to think like so. Three years ago, actually, today's where as we're recording this was when they released Street Fighter Five, or actually, it might have been mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah, but Street Fighter Five came out, and that was when I had at the time my biggest tweet ever, and I was like. I said, wait a minute, Street Fighter V doesn't have an arcade mode. I can hear Angry Joe getting ready to do a rant right now. And mm. At that time, I got like 100 likes or something. That was the biggest thing. My, my phone, I had to turn my phone off because it wouldn't shut up. <laughs> but it's like to go from that, and Street Fighter V turned in turned out to be a great game. Like technically and everything, yeah. it was awesome. But at the launch, it was definitely half-baked. To go from there to what they re seven to now RE2 remake, the Mega Man X collection, the yeah. Mega Man collection, Devil May Cry 5 is coming out like they are the complete and polar opposite of Konami. And it's so funny to go back to when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I would say, well, no, when I was a kid and up through being a teenager, Capcom and Konami were like the gold standard outside of Nintendo for making Mm -hmm. games. And Konami doesn't care anymore. Capcom, Capcom, that's a turnaround. Yeah. And I'm so happy that they're doing so well. I can't wait for REA. I can't wait for the next Resident Evil remake, whichever game they make. I'm going to play it. They have, they've sold me a hundred percent on this series. Um, But Logan, give, give the listeners and watchers, watchers, viewers, some of your thoughts. It's interesting for me because I'm, I'm traditionally not a huge horror guy. Like it's been like a slow evolution. I would say for me, um over the past like five or six years even um but like i am traditionally not a huge horror guy i don't like scary things or like to pay money to be scared kind of thing um but then it's also the thing same thing like obviously you could see the cracks in that beginning to form as early as like 2013 where it's like my favorite game of all time was the last of us that game is very scary and very intense at times and like very nerve-wracking and you sweat especially but it's terrifying in the human like i was thinking about that the other day for some reason i was thinking about like 
it is the most terrifying yeah. when you're not dealing with clickers and stuff, when you're dealing with humans and, yeah. and cannibals and all this other stuff that Ellie has to go through when it turns yep. to winter and all that. I'm like, that's yep. the most terrifying part of this game. And like the, oh. especially because at the time that like, and even still, I could argue like that is some of the smartest, like enemy AI, like you will, like that enemy AI is so smart and so clever and so, like, the way that like the human AI reacts, and, like it just—it's absolutely like it's super nerve-wracking and terrifying. And so like it was obviously beginning to change as early as then, but like really the the door swung open with RE7, right? The first Resident Evil game I've played, and just finding myself absolutely in love with that, right? Like I, I to this day still, two years later, like that is the single scariest thing I've ever experienced in terms of like movie, TV show, or game. Like RE7 isn't like. <laughs> shredded my nerves um mm -hmm. and in particular like that first act like the first like four or five hours of the game where you're in that main bank baker residence is like i, I it's a masterpiece it legitimately is a 10 out of 10 phenomenal piece of game and character design just and like world building is so well done um i think the second act slumps and then it gets like really cool again the last act that's the hot take i guess people don't like the last act um i think it's really clever and cool still um but for, even throughout like that whole game is fantastic and like the like the testament i gave it in my 2017 ip game of the year list was the fact that like i don't like horror games and this game is third of my list for game of the year and the only reason it's not higher is because one of the games like fucked me up fam hellblade sorry again leave that out and one of the games was or means to be the finch which also like messed me up and like just made me cry and yep. so it's like yeah and yep. so me too. Me too. and so it's just like Otherwise, it would have probably been my like a horror game would have been my game of the year. And like all of you also you could argue that Hellblade is also terrifying in its own way as well. Um, and actually, just, it is terrifying and is also very scary. Um, and so like it's been a slow change. But then get into RE2. It's like, all right. Yeah, like I reviewed RE2 for IP. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Great. Um, I do not. I do not like it as much as RE7. Which is my first thing. Uh, I don't think it's a hot take. I think RE7 is like incredible. I think the game's so, 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 so good. Um, I think Resident Evil 2 is very good. I think, Lily, I think it's great. Um, I think for me, I think similarly, uh, I think the first act of RE2 goes on too long. Um, I think you're in the police station too long, ultimately, probably. And like, I'm kind of in the like dog area, like, Oh, those damn thing. dogs. The stupid That's the worst. Yeah. That was like maybe the... Yeah. All right. Tangent. Because such a good RE2 story. Like, I was like... I hadn't died. I was cruising through this game, doing it, doing great, doing everything happy. And then I get into the, um, like, kind of basement level where the dogs yep. are. I'm like, kind of the cells. And it's that moment where it's like, there are so many. And that's the first time I was like, I'm just going to try to just run past them. And then it led to just like having so many... And like the thing that's awesome, but also like horrible at Resident Evil is that like if you leave enemies and then go back in the area, they haven't like disappeared. They're still there. And it's like, crap, there's so many dogs all swimming around. And I was like, but I need something in that room because I like I'm stuck now. So clearly it's like in one of these areas. And so like I literally just like and I had I think I had wasted my bullets because I wasn't smart in the beginning of the game and I like shot more than I should have. And so I had like me too. Two, I had like one bullet in my gun and a knife that was going to break the minute it hit anything else. And so I was like, all right, cool. There are like six dogs in this one confined area and three zombies in like the like right side of the police basement area. And I was like, 
all right. And so I literally just like ran in and just ran through the whole thing, grabbed what I needed to do, ran out, pushed the guys off, like shot the one, like, and like managed to get out and then back upstairs, pushed the guys who grabbed onto me and like bit me and then pushed them off and into the safe room immediately out of the basement and just saved. And I sat there and was like, holy, like I'm sweating. Like I was like, this is yeah. just, that was terrifying and awful and I hated it, but it's, I love it. Um, but ultimately, I think the first act probably goes on too long. I think the scariest part of the game is the sewers. That sucks. That was terrifying because, like, the little water when monsters. When you start hearing those sounds, when they're like, oh, no, sir, Bob. Like, no. yeah. And the fact well, that, like, you, it is <sighs> possible, like, to slowly walk past them, but the margin of error is so slim that, like, if you do and then they immediately grab you, I'm jumping out gone. of my seat. It's, it's yeah. absolutely terrifying. And, like, it's like that was just the, I think, the scary high point, along with, I'm sure we'll talk a lot about Mr. X, right? And, like, Tyrant, or, like, it, it's just, or Titan, I think it's a needed, but like it's so he it's such an awesome evolution of what that character was in the original one. Um, and like such an expanded role, and it's he's so he's just terrifying. Like it is like it's basically to use this remix version of like Papa Baker, basically from Mario Seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like I don't think ultimately it's as scary, but it is still just te- like Oh, it's awful. It sucks. The the thing that's crazy about him. So I saw this the other day. Somebody, because you know, once it's out, there, there's yeah, there's so many good, yeah. There's so many mods and everything. You see that somebody did the mod where it's like every time he comes in, DMX X gonna give yep. it to place, and that just that yep. just it horrified me, but it X also made me laugh. You. But then there was also a glitch where two of the times yes, I, like, no, I saw this. I saw this. If that oh, ever happened dude. to me, I would turn that game off. And never play. If again. that had happened in my game, I'd have just been like. Well, cool, fam. I guess such uh, one how it ends. Yep, I'm out. I'll, I'll YouTube the end. But no, so somebody did a thing where they, you know, you you basically make the camera be a free roam. You can go through walls and stuff. And what they found was even when, even if you're not hearing the tyrant once he shows up, if you break through the walls and everything and go through the police station, he's still walking around. Like, like how you were talking about how the enemies, when you either you kill them or you don't kill them, whatever, they stay mm-hmm. in that room. It's the same thing with him. That dude is walking around that police station. He's an actual like thing in this world. And that almost makes him more terrifying that it's yeah. like, no, this dude's walking around. He's looking for you nonstop. It is just, oh, it's just. Well, insane. and the fact that he he'll go into areas that you previously thought were safe, right? Like there are at least there's at least one safe room because like the main one in the main hall, but also there's another area, like other areas too that like other zombies won't go in that he'll nope. just plow right past, right? Like, there are only, like, two safe rooms and then, like, the clock tower he won't go in. But otherwise, like, everyone's, like, he'll walk in and he obviously will open doors where other zombies won't. And it's just this constant thing of, like, all right, the game has become, like, a time management sim now where, like, I just have to, like, make yeah. sure that I'm not spending too much time doing anything. And I wrote about it in my review where it's, like, there will be because it's a puzzle game too so like there'll be instances where like you'll do a puzzle or just like kind of wander about and like get lost for a second and be like all right cool like i need to kind of figure my way back out or like knock this puzzle out real quick and be like wait i haven't been listening for him and it's like that moment where it's like always then it's like oh i can hear him right by he's so loud now he's right behind me and then he just smashes through the door and it's like gee like uh everything's terrible now right and it's like the first time that dude opened a door, I was like, yep. oh, my God, this guy can. And I I can remember, too, I was running around the library one time as Leon. And I was like, 
oh, okay. If I if I just go down these these, you know, I, I think I went down the ladder. I was like, he won't follow me. Not only did he follow me, that dude didn't even go down the ladder. He just jumped, and I was like, jumped down. Oh my god, are jumped you down. kidding me? And that was the other thing. I played this whole game with my headphones on with my uh, oh, turtle. Oh, that's the way to do it. Yeah, because I was like, I don't, I don't want like Jess is reading her book or something. I don't want her hearing all these blood curdling screams. Screams. And, and but then it's even funnier when I scream at the top of my lungs. She's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, well, look at the, look at the TV. Look at that thing. Um. But yeah, I mean this this game, it's great. It's so good. I love it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's definitely not perfect. I, I think I would if yeah. I had to score it, it'd probably be a nine for me. Mm. Um, one of the things that really annoyed me at first, but then I kind of got over it was the like like you mentioned the 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 breaking knife thing. Yeah. At first, I was like, man, I feel like I, if I've got a knife, because one of the things in like an RE4, you've got a knife and it doesn't break, so you can one of the one of the strategies in RE4 when you play it is in that game. Leon gets this awesome uh, roundhouse kick that he can do. So what you can do is like, you would like, if I remember right, correct me if I'm wrong audience, but I think you would like shoot the zombies in the leg. They'd stagger. You could run up, do your roundhouse kick. And then when they okay. fall down, then you take your knife out and just go knife, 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 knife. And they're dead. Whereas in this, you go knife, 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 that thing breaks and it's done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At first it annoyed me, but I was like, when I thought about it, cause then I started reading up after I beat Leon, I was like, Oh, if you hit all the Mr. Raccoons in each playthrough, you can get an unbreakable knife. And I'm like, well, that would almost the way they designed the game, it would almost make it too easy because then you can just say, okay, if it's one on one with a zombie, just grab me. I'll stab you. I'll shoot you. I'll pick the knife back up and I'll keep going. That almost makes it too easy. So I kind of got over my critique about that. Um, But the other thing was like doing the two playthroughs. Again, it's a video game. But the fact that Leon, so the what we're supposed to believe of this is yeah, Leon's going through the station and then Claire's going through the station, or vice versa. So if I'm Leon and I've already know what my A playthrough looks like and I've solved all these puzzles and stuff, why when Claire comes in, does she still have to do them? Again, I get it's a video game and stuff, but it's like it it breaks it a little bit for me. Um I mean but just again, for it, me, it's, it's a video just game. those two those pl- those two playthroughs in particular, right? Like I talked about it again. Check out just read the review. Like I, yeah. I talked about it in my review where it's like, and it's one of the reasons why it is a little bit lower, where it's like ultimately Claire and Leon's stories are 85% the same, probably, mm-hmm. um, in terms of what you're doing and where you're going. And so it is that thing of like, I ultimately think, and I might ultimately like write a feature about this, I don't know, but like the I think the game is stronger if they just combine those two stories into just one story and have you switch back and forth into the two characters and have their thing instead of me because the way it is now like because again like george and jared had each played this game numerous times and loved it and like george it's one of his like three or four favorite games of all time okay um and so i was like all right how different are these and i got like very like vague like uh like anson was like all right so probably pretty similar but and so like and i played it like oh these this is very similar like these like i'm literally doing a lot of things that are very similar and like i there are obviously differences but it is still that thing for me like doing leon first and like get into the end of the game and claire's just there with the kid and i'm like i don't know who this is but like yeah, i like, guess i'm ha- like i like all right like i have no sort of gonna have an escort mission what the yeah, hell and yeah and it's like what is it and the game's over and it's like all right cool i'm like because when i first played it too like i thought it would be a thing like all right we're gonna branch off but like it is going to go back and forth between Leon and Claire in terms of like, you'll still get updates of what the other one is doing. And like, at first it kind of did that. Like you ran into Claire a few times and she'd be at the fence and stuff and be like, all right, cool. I'm getting updates. And then she's just gone she's for the gone. rest of the game. Until you get to that monitor. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then she's at the monitor and then she come back again and there's a kid there and it's like, I don't know what you did, but like, all right, you, there's an extra person here now that I've 
literally no knowledge of whatsoever. And so it's like, it's a weird, like story-wise thing. And it's the same for Claire. And then just like doing those two stories, it's like, all right, these are really not like two protagonists as much as it's just like, this is like another person in that world, right? Like in Leon's story, it becomes like that spy lady. Um, Ada. Ada, thank you. Who's like, his like kind of female lead in that game way more than Claire is. Um, and Claire doesn't really have a male lead in hers. And so just like this, it becomes this thing of like, all right, like this could have been done better. I feel like if you just put it into the other story, if you just incorporated the two of them together and done it however you want to do it, but make it to where like, I don't have to play the same like 85 percent of this game again a second time or a third or a fourth time if you want to do the beast storylines, but I'm that's a whole other thing. But like Yeah, so I, I, I like that, that it's there, but yeah. it is a thing of like this could have been done better. And it's I think for me it's a part of it where it's like this is a 2001 video game. Like in, if they'd made that game brand new in 2019, I don't think they would have been made it like that. Um and that's where like the remake part of it comes in, I think. And if I'm right, so again, I never played RE2. Yes, we, neither one of us ever played it before this year. So like if we're just talking out of ass, yeah. just let us know. But I think, did did they, correct me if I'm wrong, I think in the first one, they they the way they did the Claire and the Leon stuff, wasn't there some like, you'd get to a point in the story and then you'd zap? I, I think that's the word I've heard. You'd like zap from Leon to Claire or Claire to Leon or whatever to say like, okay, know. now this is what the other person's doing. Do you know? If am so, I, that's crazy? not... In- if I, I mean, like, I don't even think about that, but if so, it's not in the, they don't do that like in the remake. And I would like that right. remake. Like, I would like that, it. That's was, what like, I think they should have done. Yeah. I get to a story moment and boom, now I'm Claire doing her thing. And then boom, now I'm back to Leon. Now I'm back to Claire. Like, now here's what is going on with the girl, right? Like, because for me, it's at, and for you, obviously, it sounds like each of us did Leon first. We had to like literally play through Claire's story and get a not insignificant of the way through it before I finally forgot like who this random girl was at the end of our first story. And it's like, all right, like, this could, this chick could have been like introduced better and in like a way more time efficient manner than like 15 hours into like a second place. Like, it's like, all right, like this is a lot of like what is going on here. And it's just like, ultimately I think it would have done better. Speaking of which I totally forgot. I'd have to download now the new DLC dropped yesterday. Um, yep. to have to play through that, which is very exciting. But like RE2 is very good. It is like and this year, I think could be like a really, really, really great, like 2017 caliber year for games potentially but re2 is like an automatic like obviously top 10 but potentially like top five game of the year pick already like it is a very solid game um and i like it a lot i like leon a lot. it's finally cool to like meet this character who like has been so talked about right like everybody talked about leon from re4 and like meet him in his first kind of introduction to us um and it's also cool having played re7 and having like seen enough stuff, but RE one like really watched full place with it, but it'd be like enjoy the kind of winks and nods they give to like Resident Evil one in this game. Like the, obviously Claire's brother is Chris and stuff, and and the the letters to him, yeah, the, the, exactly. He, the I arc mean, there his and, letters to her, and there's yeah. also a um in when you finish the three things, like unlock the like hidden statue kind of thing, the main like hallway, and it opens up and you go into that one room on the left hand side of that like building there is a building of the mansion from RE1. Um, Holy crap. How did I not? Yeah. And like, I didn't catch it first and looked at Beth again. Okay. I'm like, wait, is this the thing? And like, looked at it. I just literally sat there for like five minutes. And like, I think it is. Oh, that's um, awesome. Okay. Yeah, well, now I got a reason to go back. Yeah. It does. Like, that's a really cool, like touch thing too. And like, just like kind of the small winks and nods to have in it. Um, 
Like, I like that kind of world building they do in this game. Because, like, RE7 is, like, deliberately, like, I said from that. It is, like, almost like a reboot in a lot of ways. Like, it's not really connected to anything else, um, which I liked, but it is, like, cool to see the larger world that they've been building here, which is also why I want to do RE4 and do that larger world. 4 is awesome. That, that was one yeah, of the things I, I, I liked about 2 was, like, my first time seeing Leon was playing 4, again, like, Mm-hmm. however many years after it actually came i played in 2016 when it hit ps4 in september i think it so was like 11 yeah yeah so like 11 years after it came out um so it was cool to then go back and see his origin and i love the opening of this game but yeah I, I, right if i do think i agree with you i think if they were making resident evil 2 from scratch this year i, th- yes. I think what they had to do they had to stay true to what the original yeah. game was if they didn't have to do that i think it would have been you either choose to play as Leon or you play as Claire. And once you get to a certain point of that story, then it's like, if, meanwhile, and you go yeah. over to Claire or Leon, you play through yeah. that like 30 minutes earlier and you, you just have it kind of all sync up. So it mm-hmm. makes more sense from a storytelling perspective, which is probably what I would have preferred. But at the end of the day, yeah. I'm like game, you can't just have all the puzzles be solved. Cause then you're just going to run through the police station. I get it. But as much as I love storytelling in games, I wish they probably would have done um, the whole, like I just said, Play through Leon to a certain point yeah. and you take clear and yeah. then switch back, whatever. But it is Yes. Yes to all of that. Um, but now now I'm gonna hold the train of thought where it's like just picking out things that are cool things from RE2. I mean, it's a dope game and I didn't notice it until my second time through when I saw it again. Um in the very beginning of the game where you're like where I guess you're not him, but like the truck driver guy like on the highway, mm-hmm. when it first like the camera like first opens on I think it's like the burger he has in his hand. It's like the face of a zombie, and then like it changes into the burger. And it's like that's such a cool. Uh, well, that's yeah, well, that like, makes sense. Because like, when, when I first saw it, I was like, "What the?" I was like, "Is that yeah. a brain? What the?" Because like the way the light at? is on it, it's like it looks okay. Like a zombie that makes face. sense. And then it, like as you zoom in more and like you get some more light on it, it becomes a burger. And it's like that's a cool like touch of like lighting and like kind of like shading things like that's really neat. That it just like fades into a burger. Well, and that's the, the RE engine is just absolutely beautiful. And then when I when I did the yep. you know last week I played the DMC five demo, um, and I saw his RE engine, I'm like, huh, okay. Well, I don't blame you, Capcom. That engine is absolutely God. beautiful. But yeah. shout out to Capcom. Shout out to Capcom. That's our that's our final note on this competition. Shout out to Capcom. Uh, everybody playing Mega Man two. It's real good. Um, it's Capcom's best game. Hot takes just done. Ooh, ooh. Sweet we should have. Man, Street Fighter does nothing for me. Like that's that's like the thing. Like like that's my blind spot. Just like fighting games in general, I'm just bad at them. Um, and so, but like Mega Man Two, I can do a whole thing. That's the best Mega Man game. We'll agree on that. I think probably. I would probably agree with you. Yeah. The the one blind spot for me is I've played Mega Man X. We had it on PC when we were kids. Oh, okay. But I I never played X two or three or anything after that. That's fine. So that's that's my blind spot. But if the original yeah. games, yeah, we agree that when Sean and I did our top ten NES list, check it out youtube.com slash two player co op. Uh we did put Mega Man two on there. We we liked it better than three. So I agree. what did you was it linked to the past as number one? Oh no, it right regular NES. So we did we had oh. Mario three as number one. We yes. had Zelda as number two. Mario three. So here I guess tangent Mario 3 is we never do that here yeah is or, or, or on my shows um or, again clear the inspiration for both of these where we coming from just shows that are conversation podcasts but um Mario 3 is a f- near flawless video game uh yes. and is and it 
the thing that bums me out is the fact that like I just don't like Mario World just doesn't click with me like remotely in the same way. Like my I I am somebody who's like my hottest take maybe in all of games that like I don't really love Mario Super Mario World and I can't even like it just doesn't feel right in the way that like the other 2D Mario games feel like I feel like before Mario 3 is flawless. That is probably my second or third favorite Mario game. Um, it's awesome it, yeah. it's so good i will say until we did our mario mondays uh, mm, yeah. playthrough of, of mario world one of my favorite things you guys do it was so much fun and yeah. now it's <laughs> we get off the rails quickly but when we did the mario world thing that was my thought before we did mario world and then when we played through it i was like something about this like right? i don't know if i missed it the first time i played through it but now but it did click for me that i do think i like mario world better than mario oh no you, the opposite it's like by, you're gonna go no, yeah it's no. like this just a, a smidge no. better i mean mario 3 is perfect and i think mario world is right. perfect too the game that sucks is is yoshi's island that game is garbage that's a that take. game sucks that's an interesting take uh i, that game. I think yoshi Island's all right I mean, I don't, ultimately, want to, I don't want to shoot eggs. I don't want to do that. that that's ultimately, not the the biggest divide between me and you on this. I just want to do like a ranking podcast now with you and Sean about just different Nintendo things. But the the big one for us is that like I like 3D Mario games more than 2D Mario games, which yeah. is totally generational. Like it's as simple yeah, as that. Hundred percent. Like where it's yep, like absolutely. I mean, like literally the first thing they ever wrote in the game industry that he got paid for. That's not true. Set for maybe it was was the first video game I ever beat, which was Mario sixty four. That's the first video game I ever beat. Um, which I know, like, I'm sorry, I already pains you, I'm sure, but like, so that's immediately my touchstone is that where it's like you had uh, the nineteen eighty five. I would imagine Mario game is like one of the first games you ever beat, and so it's like yep. it's just a, a ten year gap there, just like where we kind of touchstoned on uh, Mario sixty four. Real good video game. Nobody can nobody can talk about anything about that. I mean, that's my Zelda. Where it's like, I mean, you can't talk bad about Mercy Four. That's just that's I was like, I was gonna say that that's Genesis. Why yeah, it's like Zelda, it's Genesis, well, that's why yeah. the first Zelda is so yeah, hundred percent. Like which that game what, is just which is always just, why oh. I like anytime I ever make a joke about that, it's always very tongue in cheek, right? And it's like I know, and I know. that's also why I've never said Zelda one is bad. It's always I've said it's overrated a lot, but it's like yeah, um, but like yeah, and like same way like Mercy Four. It's like I, I like I legitimately it'd be very hard to not have roasted glasses on that game. Also because like that game is such like, it is one of the most like revolutionary games ever made. Like it changed video games forever, like going forward from that game. Uh, but yep. it's not the best Mario game. That's galaxy in particular galaxy two, probably really scary. Galaxy one into a really just like side a and side B of like a, like C just like the same thing. Basically. Yeah. That that's a big blind spot. I, I played galaxy one for a little bit. We've got it on my Wii, but I only, I never purchased it. I got it from somebody else. I had a Wii and they just didn't want the game. Mm-hmm. And I just, I played it for literally like five or 10 minutes. And then I got onto something. Cause it was just like, Oh, it's galaxy. I want to try this. And I yeah. had like uncharted or something that I wanted to play instead. So the two I, I've completely Mario that. galaxy games are both perfect tins or they're both tins. Um, galaxy two is that's close to a perfect platformer if I've ever played in my entire life. Um, Galaxy people, I mean, Galaxy Two is basically just a Galaxy One, just like a little bit better. And Galaxy One doesn't need to be that much better. Um, it is beautiful to look at. It is amazing soundtrack. It is just gorgeously designed. It's every, like I, I could gush. Like though, I mean, that is probably my favorite Nintendo video game or the Galaxy games. Mm-hmm. Like they're just so. Because again, I'm a Mario guy over Zelda. They're so good. And like it's like it's a thing for me too. It's like it's been so long since I've played them. But I can't play them now because I have no means to because there's no, I don't know, like virtual shop or anything like that for me to play the Mario, like Galaxy games. Unless I have a Wii, but I don't have a Wii because the console is 
13 years old now. And so it's like, all right, well, I don't have my Wii anymore. Um, and so I can't play these games. Put them R. on the R. Switch, R. maybe. R.I.P. Like, Wii eShop. Yes, absolutely. R.I.P. Wii eShop. Those would be... I mean, to be fair, every Mario game would be perfect on the Switch. But, like, put the Galaxy games on the Switch. Just remaster. Just make them a little bit nicer looking and change yeah, nothing else. Just move the edges and stuff and just yeah. put it back on there. You'd be done. Yeah. And it's like they're already, like, on the Wii. So it doesn't need, like, that, like, doesn't need that much work compared to other games on there. So it's like, just put the games on the Switch. They are perfect. Well, that's what I'm hoping for now that Metroid Prime 4 got delayed. That's what I'm saying. It's got to happen. We're going to get the, the, the trilogy on Switch, and I'll finally play through those games. I've never even Same. Touched. I've never... The only Metroid game I, I played is the NES Metroid. Wow. Uh, okay. And I didn't finish I mean, it. I didn't play. I didn't play Super Metroid until 90... I, I take it back. I played a little bit of Super Metroid because of the SNES Classic. 96. I meant 2000. What am I? I meant 2016. Jesus. I'm Other hot play. take. I mean... This is probably a hot take. The NES is better than the SNES. Boom. Let's just go. Let's just get hot takes out of the way here. So that's that's one thing. So you and Colin agree on that. That's one thing that Colin has died on that hill that the NES is better than the SNES. I it is so it's, it's so close. I just think for me, like you take again, I guess it's maybe because I prefer world to Mario three. So yeah. I think like Mario three and just got, to the past is a little bit better. One. Exactly. Yeah. Link to the past. Yeah. Super Metroid to Metroid, Castlevania sure. 4 to Castlevania 3, which Castlevania 3 is freaking amazing. Actually, Castlevania, never mind. Castlevania yeah, 3 that's an interesting take, yeah. But Contra 3 to Contra and Super C, and there's other there's other games where it's like yeah, they, they just took it and they just turned it up a notch. For me, um, I mean, again, like, my experience with one of these consoles are 20 years after the fact with the NES Classic and the SNES Classic, and so it's those games. Um, but I had more fun by a giant amount playing the NES games, right? And like Dr. Mario, I could literally play Dr. Mario every day of my life, first my life. That game is flawless. That's, that's, that's better than Tetris. Dr. Mario, I love, I don't even know. I, don't, I can't like, it's a weird thing where like, I can't even explain how much I enjoy just playing Dr. Mario with like friends, just playing that game. It's so good. I'm like bubble that's bobble. Awesome. I'm like all the dumb the games. That, like freaking awesome. Yeah. I like all the bubble dumb bubble. games that like I shouldn't love, but like I love all the like dumb party games to put on this like console. Um, I'm like NES classic is so good. Like, and the SNES one is too good, but like, man, the NES is a great console. Like super Mario three is fantastic. And like all these games and like, that's a console, right? And like, it's interesting for me where it's like, I'm coming at it from like, no nostalgia for any of these things and coming out being like i think the first one's maybe better and the second being like i don't like this as much um i i think i think the snes classic was very top heavy in its lineup i think yes, the NES I agree classic that. was a lot deeper there was yes there were those kind of deeper cut games, games that i was like i really want to play these games whereas the snes classic was like i want to play mario yeah. i want to play link to the past i want to yeah. play metroid i want to play that but there was like five games i was like those I got to play it's with it. the NES. I was yeah. like, I ne- I missed out on Star Tropics when I had the NES growing up. Yeah, so I loved that game. Yeah. I never played it. I was like, I, I still need to get back. Actually, I need to get back and play through that. Same. But I'm like, I need to finish. I put it. about an hour, two hours in. And I was like, this game's freaking awesome. I love Zelda. Mm-hmm. Yes, I should have played this game as a kid, and I didn't. I, I think the NES is way deeper when it comes to its lineup. For the mm-hmm. NES Classic, I I agree with you 100 percent on that. Yeah. Uh, so what else you been playing, Logan? <laughs> nice thirty-minute drum about NES and SNES ranking games. Um, stay tuned to that podcast. Um, yeah, yeah we, we, I, that that would be fun. We I need would to get love to do that. That'd be fun. Do that. Oh my god, 
make that mini podcast run series. Um, Apex Legends, that was the other thing that we were talking about before we went on air. Apex Legends would have been playing. Apex Legends is very good. And like I told you before we started recording, um, I'm not like I've I've not played a single Battle Royale game before this. I didn't play PUBG. I didn't play Fortnite. They I just thought they weren't my thing. Um, and I've just found myself like totally captivated by Apex. Um, and I think it is like the team oriented aspect of it, right? It, it is just like buddying up with Jared or Scott or Quinn or whoever it might be, Mike um, from IP and just playing like for a few hours and having that team aspect. I mean, I love like kind of, I mean, we, you played sports, I played sports. Like I, I love that aspect of sports, right? The teams are like kind of having that camaraderie and just yep. kind of taking the piss out of each other a little bit, maybe, and just kind of goofing off and having a fun time. And it's very much that, right? And like, it's kind of, it's always, there's always that moment too, where like the first, like, if you make it far, like the first half of the game is just like, you all just like goofing off and being dumb and joking around. And then like, there's a certain moment where it's like clicks and like, all right, everybody shut up. It's serious time now. We had to like, we had to do this kind of thing. It just like happens. It's always like, it's like, switch flips um and it's so much fun i haven't won a game yet i'm very upset about that i've gotten second place so many times there was one day when it was me Jarrett, and quinn and we literally went from fifth to fourth to third to second and then couldn't get a win um another time it was me and Jarrett. we got back-to-back second place finishes like i told kevin beforehand the ring we landed on one building didn't leave it for the entire game the ring literally closed in that building we got in one firefight we lost <laughs> that's why we didn't win um, but it was such a great sort of just like being in the same building the entire time. Um, it's good too, because like me and Jarrett haven't won yet. And so it's like that thing of like, I want to win the first one with Jarrett, like involved and just like have them together. Uh, Jarrett's actually like not the best at Apex. It's like the only thing in the entire world that Jarrett Green is not like the absolute best at. Um, so it's an interesting kind of journey to go along with him. Uh, but like, I like Lily, I told you earlier, like I want to just play Apex when I'm not talking to you and I want to play apex just as much as I can tomorrow. Um, like I just want to play apex and I just want, I just want to win. And it's also that thing of like, we're in a weird spot where it's like Metro is out and I have to decide what I want to do about Metro. Cause I'm not gonna play crackdown. I couldn't anyway, I don't have an Xbox, but like, yeah. And then same. like, I, I just don't. I just yeah. Don't. But like Metro is one where it's like, I previewed Metro at PAX West um in a hotel room where the blinds are closed uh which is sort of like a you know like murder mystery novel um but i and like so it's like do i want to do anything with that or do you want to play that do i want to jump into that and then it's like anthem coming out soon and it's kind of end of the month games is division this month um next month next month okay thank god i was like that's if it was next week still like it got delayed yeah like if it was next month i just um but like there are all these kind of games that are coming out soon that like I maybe want to jump into. Um, but it's also things like, but I just want to play Apex and just like finish that off. And I I have I still have the NES and SNES classic. I mean, I can see both of them right here. And like I keep saying, like, there are games on that I want to finish, right? Like I want to play Earthbound and like beat that. Um, because I know that I would love it, is what I would keep saying. Like I haven't done it yet, right. And I, I feel like this is like the one spot until like summer. Where like I might have a chance like play like a few games and knock them off my like gaming to finish list. That's a t- I don't know why I described it like that. Uh, gaming to do list kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Before like March and April kind of get cr- real, 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 real crazy. And so it's also like, do I maybe jump into like some of those other games 
but in terms of like what I'm playing now, it is Apex. It is only Apex. It's all I care about. It's just Apex. Kevin, play yeah. with me already. I, I'll. I'm not gonna give up. I will play with you. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm definitely. Him, guys. I'm definitely. I'm definitely intrigued by Anthem. Um, yeah. Same. But I don't know that I have my life doesn't lend itself for like an 80 hour game. And I don't know that it even I don't know enough about it to know that it is that it worries me that it is. But I know what's up next for me. So I'm as this is actually if, as you guys are watching this, I'm probably on a plane to Dallas. I got to go to Dallas for work for a couple. You're going to be oh. in the same state as me. I'm just saying we could be it up somewhere. I know. I got to work all day Thursday at a sales conference. And then he flies out the next day. And I fly out Friday morning. Yeah. So, but on the way there, I'm finally going to start uh, almost 20 years after it came out. I'm going to, I'm going to play Majora's Mask. Uh, oh, I got on, yeah. I got it on 3DS for Christmas. And it's one of those games that's always terrified. It well, it just terrifies me because the whole, the, the whole 3D cycle and all this yeah. other stuff, it just, it just terrifies me. And Sean's like, no, you'll be good. You don't need a guide, at least not for the beginning. Just, just play through it. It'll be clear what you need to do. It just that that game's terrified me. And Adam Shafani also told me, he's like, nah, you're good. Just play it. You're fine. You're a Zelda, you're a Zelda player. You, you'll be fine. But um, so I'm finally going to dip some time into that. But then I don't, I, I, we're going to talk about some games here in a little bit that mm-hmm. definitely have me fired up for the rest of this year. But after that, like days gone, doesn't do it for me as much. It as doesn't. I, hate I think, I think I, I'm, I'm a Sony fanboy, but I'm like, I want to like it, but I'm like, just, just give me the last of us. That's what I want. I don't, I don't want to blow up 150 zombies at a time or whatever it is. I just don't, it just doesn't click for me. Um, I'm intrigued by Anthem. Yes. Intrigued by the division. Yeah. Devil May Cry demo. I liked, but it's literally the first I've, I've never played devil may cry before. And I haven't I, either. I, I felt like, I felt like I was trying to play that game like old school God of War games, and that's not how this plays, even though I thought it did. Mm. I, I think I would like that game if if somebody could coach me and tell me, like, no, this is how you're supposed to chain like your your sword attacks with the gun attack, with your venom snake arm thing that you've got in the game, your your devil arm, whatever it's called, and you got like four different ones. And I kept pushing L1 thinking it was switching, but it's actually just dropping the arm. And then all of a sudden I had no arm and I just had like a, a stub and I was like, I don't know what I did. Um there's a lot of games that intrigue me, but it's not like I think the next game that's that's officially now coming out this year. Spoiler alert for later in the podcast is Bloodstained because I didn't I didn't mm. play Symphony of the Night. And I OK, I always say that we're wrong. Symphony of the Night until last year on my Vita. And I finally it I finally got it. It finally clicked for me. So now I'm like, yes, Iga, give it to me. Give me the Egovania. Give me Bloodstained. Like the the trailer that they showed in the Switch Direct was just like so cool. And I don't mind the art style. Some people hate it because it's not pixel art. Yes, Symphony of the Night is beautiful, but 2.5D can be beautiful too. So just just stop. If the gameplay is great, who cares about the yeah. art style? Which I think the gameplay is going to be great in that. So that's an interesting one. Uh, I I would say. If you're curious about Anthem, go check out rashpatch.com. No, uh, Mike has been doing a lot of stuff about that. Um, and he put like the first like 30 minutes of the game up um, on YouTube. Anthem is one where it's like, I am curious about it in the same vein I think you are. But it's also a thing for me, at least, where it's like, if I'm having to pick between like one of these style of games, I'm going to pick Division. That's, uh, that's it. I'm, I'm going to pick Division 2. Like, I think the setting is dope. It's all dope. Um, in Washington D.C. and like exploring that and like opposite appeals to like the political history nerdy, yeah. um, and also just because it's like such a criminally underused setting in video games, and it feels like they've 
at least fix some of the kind of flaws that the first division had. Um, so I'm very excited about division two. Um, but Anthem's a curious one. Bloodstain is one that I had totally forgotten about. That's yeah, that could that could be a very uh, interesting pick. But Majora's Mask, I need to play still. Again, I've played. Yeah. I've, I've been like working my way through Zelda games. I've kind of stalled out a little bit. Um, the one that, uh, ironically enough, the one that started this all and that I still haven't played um, is I feel like the only Zelda game that I might actually love is Wind Waker, and the reason is because Oceanhorn, which is why I started playing all of Zelda uh, games because yes. we all we bonded over that many years our ago. shared love of Oceanhorn, yeah, and so that we each had in our top ten list in twenty sixteen. Sixteen, God yeah. Almighty, it's been time flies yeah um and god yeah that does that is wow ocean is a real good video game that people should remember um and give us a sequel but not on mobile um and i think that i would love wind waker it's it's just ocean horn um majora's mask is one where i've been told by like a few different people mainly alex who's the other person who yells at me about zelda just like you yep um that i might like he thinks i might like um majora's mask he thinks i might dig it um but like old like right now my favorite zelda game is probably ocarina still um like it's not gonna be zelda one definitely the not wild. a hot take there it like ocarina is it's yeah like game. breath of the wild this is the hot take like just did not like, i think it's good but it's like i don't feel compelled like i never i did not beat breath of the wild i was like i just i'm burned out on this game um and then Link to the Past, I've now like started and stopped like three different times. Not because it's bad any of the times, just because I've been like, I just get distracted. Yeah. I'm actually just like commit to doing it like I did for Zelda 1. I was like, I'm just going to beat this game because um, Zelda 1 was hard. <laughs> uh, I make I make no apologies for using the guide on that game. I was like, nope, I'm no, using the guide. You should. If you, I mean, yeah, I know it's like, like the back of my hand at this point, but that's because I grew up on just, it. If you yeah, don't, just, you have to use I, the guide. It's literally impossible. It's so obtuse. Like, I don't yeah. even understand. It's like... Um, and so, but like, I think the past is when I want to do, but Majora's Mask and Wind Waker again, give me an easy way to play them, Nintendo, maybe. Um, yeah. and so, Link to the Past at least is on the SNES Classic. Maybe I will dust off that. Maybe that's what I want to do this next week or two. Just play SNES games. It's so good. There's a worst, so worst way to live your life than playing SNES games. Yep. I could also do Super Metroid too. I need to do that as well. And Earth. Super oh, Metroid's described, great. I've described three games that are all like 20 hours long each at least, but uh, I'll pick one of them. I'm sure. I'll maybe do Super play. Metroid's not that bad. It's about is it nine to ten, 10 hours. hours? Okay. Link to the Past probably 12 to 15. Yeah, but I feel like take. Link's Past might be longer for me. Yeah, that's true. Um. Like it's oh, really all so use guides it's for so part of Link's Pass, yeah. It's so um, I will I did say this, I think when I first put it up, whenever the SNES came out, like class came out like a year ago and some change now, I was like, yo, before I do anything else, just booting up the game, Link to the Past is gorgeous. It is mm-hmm. gorgeous. That is a video game that is like still beautiful twenty like some odd years later. Sixteen bit um, is the generation that has aged the best. It's just, it's still those, those sprite based graphics are just absolutely perfect. Maybe it, there are some games that just look really old. When you get into the early polygonal stuff, like the N64 early. and PS1, yeah. like, oh my God, it's just that's your, that's your the age the worst. Yeah. yeah. And then I think we've started to rebound from there where I think PS2 is better. Yep. Um, PS3, I think, is aged, especially like the latter into that like generation is aged really well still, I think. Oh, yeah. Because um, we're getting to the point now where it's like, we're now just like, we're making marginal kind of improvements on that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I can't deny Link's Pass is beautiful. 
Um, so I might do that actually in terms of like what I've been playing and switching it to like what I might play. If tell you what, if you're listening or watching this episode, let me know in the comments below. I got you back, Kev. Uh, Thank you, sir. What I should play out of Link to the Past, Super Metroid, or that other game. I already forgot about that's on the SNES. Earthbound. Which one should I play first? Let me know. Or surprise me and give me another SNES game that is on the classic that I should play instead of one of those. Um, but let me know what I should play. And then I will scroll through the comments and also the Twitter poll that I probably put out and report back with my findings. There we go. The answer is Zelda 3. We'll see. We'll see. Um, or I guess you could say like Castlevania 4 if you want to just like buck wild in here. You can throw that out there. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, everybody knows that's hot the, take. The Castlevania answer. Bloodlines is better on Genesis. Whoa. That's it's an so interesting good. take. It's so good. It is so good. You got the, the two characters you can play as. It feels more like the NES. Castlevania is hard. It is. It And this is really hard. But you can get a laser whip, which is freaking awesome. Um, the, the blue laser thing, if you've ever seen that, it's awesome. But Castlevania Bloodlines is one of the few games. Uh, check out our Versus series at YouTube.com slash player Co-op. That was one of the few games that I think we definitely got the better version of on Genesis than Super Nintendo. Hmm. <sighs> all right logan i'm ready so we now had a lot of podcasts we had a lot of fun talking so far um about not but, the news well but now let's talk about the not fun stuff and that is activision so uh, this was the first article that schreier put out at kotaku i'm just going to read through it some stuff has changed yeah. since then but this pretty much if if you yeah. if you're not aware of what's going on this one gives the best summary of what's going on so again Activision has laid off 800 people. This comes from Kotaku and Jason Schreier. Publisher Activision Blizzard has begun its long-rumored layoff process, informing employees this afternoon, which was earlier this week, that it will be cutting staff. On an earnings call this afternoon, the company said it would be eliminating 8% of its staff. In 2018, Activision Blizzard had roughly 9,600 employees, which would mean nearly 800 people are now out of work. This afternoon, the mega publisher began notifying those who are being laid off across its various organizations, which include Activision, Blizzard, and King. Correct me if I'm wrong, I think King is the Candy Crush thing that they bought, right? Yes. Okay. On the earnings call, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick told investors that the company had, quote, once again achieved record results in 2018, end quote. But the company would be consolidating and restructuring because of missed expectations for 2018 and lowered expectations for 2019. The company said it would be cutting mainly non-game development departments and bolstering its development staff for franchises like Call of Duty, Hooray, and Diablo. Development sources from across the industry told Kotaku this afternoon that the layoffs have affected Activision Publishing, Blizzard King, and some of Activision Studios, including High Moon. At Blizzard, the layoffs appear to only have affected non only have affected non-game development departments, such as publishing and esports, both of which were expected to be hit hard. Quote, over the last few years, many of our non-development teams expanded to support various needs, Blizzard President Jay Allen Brack said in a note to staff around one p.m. Pacific time that was obtained by Kotaku. Currently, staffing levels on some teams are out of proportion with our current release slate. That means we need to scale down some areas of our organization. I'm sorry to share that we will be parting ways with some of our colleagues in the U.S. today. In our regional offices, we anticipate similar evaluations subject to local requirements. The letter almost also promised, quote, a comprehensive 
comprehensive severance package, continued health benefits, career coaching and job placement assistance, as well as profit sharing bonuses for the previous year to those who are being laid off. Blizzard employees receive twice yearly bonuses based on how the company performed financially. Quote, there's no way to make this transition easy for impacted employees. That's a, a word that, trust me, I know corporate loves to say is impacted. Mm -hmm. Impact just makes it sound like it's not bad. It's bad. But we're doing what we can to support our colleagues, Brack wrote. The news follows months of rumors about layoffs at the publisher, which heated up early last week as word began to spread that hundreds of people across Activision Blizzard's various divisions might lose their jobs. Leading up to today, some of the publisher's employees had been coming to work with no clue as to what might happen. One person at Blizzard told me, this is Jason Schreier, this morning that his employees arrived, they cried and exchanged hugs in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. Last fall, Kotaku reported that Blizzard's 2018 mandate had been to cut costs and produce more games, and that as a result, layoffs would likely hit the company's support departments even as Blizzard continues to expand its development teams. Brack's email suggests the same. Quote, it's critical that we prioritize product development and grow the capacity of the teams doing this work to best serve our player community, he wrote. We also need to evolve operationally to provide the best support for new and existing products. Meanwhile, in a press release to investors this afternoon, Activision CEO Bobby Kotick wrote, quote, while our financial results for 2018 were the best in our history, we didn't realize our full potential. To help us reach our full potential, we have made a number of important leadership changes. These changes should enable us to achieve the many opportunities our industry affords us, especially with our powerfully owned franchises, our strong commercial capabilities, our direct digital connections to hundreds of millions of players and our extraordinarily talented employees. Um, that was a lot. I'm kind of parched. Um, <laughs> it just sucks. Like I said on the solo yeah. podcast last week, before we knew for sure this was happening, it just sucks. Like if I don't know that this industry is sustainable. Now, the thing that's weird about this is it seems like, it seems like, as far as we know, almost all of the jobs that have been cut have been non- game development jobs, mm -hmm. which is interesting. It seems like esports was just becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And that blizzard specifically would be a big yeah. part of that as well as Activision with, with call of duty and everything. Um, so it's interesting that they cut a lot of jobs there. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about unionization and everything. Mm -hmm. and I, talk about. I, I don't, I don't know enough to really have an opinion on it. Um, I can definitely see both sides of it. But I don't know, Logan, is this is this industry even sustainable if one of the the biggest of the big guns is having to cut eight percent of their staff after having their best year ever? I just don't know. I don't know that we're going to be playing video games in 10, 15 years from now. I just don't I don't know what the industry looks like going forward when you see stuff like this. So there's lots of unpacking that, obviously. Um, and. I will say that I by no means have all the answers, uh, but I do think what I think, my humble opinion, A, this is something I just know, I don't think, we will definitely be playing video games in 10 to 15 years. What those look like, I don't know. Um, I think the industry is sustainable in the sense that it will still exist. People still be making video games 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 years from now. Um, this is a a form of storytelling and expression and a vein the same category and level as filmmaking or mm -hmm. like television or kind of novels or theater. Um, it won't go away. Games are an essential part of kind of the storytelling medium from now on. Amen. So in that sense, I feel confident that we will still have games um, throughout the rest of our lives. 
in terms of like, will the industry look like this in 10 to 15 years? No, it won't look like this. I can make that. St- I mean, like it's certainly in my opinion, it won't look like this. It'll be different. Um, I think unionization is going to, I think it's going to become a bigger discussion at the very least. I mean, already you've seen game outlets unionize, right? Like the, va- the vice properties um, have unionized. Uh, and so I think, and a few others. And so you, I think you've seen kind of that discussion there. I think ultimately on the kind of journalism side of things, which is obviously where I am much more affected, um, it is the IGNs and the game spots, not stops. Um, it, that it gets me every time. I have to literally say it out loud, yeah. Um, that are going to be the ones that have to stand up, right? And like make kind of the unionization push, right? Because until the two biggest in the industry do people can just be like, well, they're not. And so like that can be the counter. And that then like we've talked about unionization a lot on input. Um and it's it's complicated. It's messy. That podcast is a podcast with three people who are all staunchly pro unions. Um I am obviously one of them. Uh but I also acknowledge the fact that it's it's hard, right? Like it and it, in particular to start one is a terrifying preposition with a lot of risk right because if you were basically like found out and trying to start a union they can just cut you and you're out of a job now right. and there's no union there and I mean, you have to just kind of rely and trust people to kind of have your back and not report you at any point in time to either like hr higher-ups um there's a lot of risk in trying to start one um especially at a company like ign or gamestop GameSpot, where there is a lot of kind of competition for your job right like if i mean right. if it's not like Everything they can't find exactly it's not like they can't find somebody who wants to do what you want to do and can't find somebody who wants to do what you do for less money than you even right people would be willing to jump at those jobs for less than you're getting paid probably and so they could just do that right and so you need to have like a giant chunk of the editorial staff on your side where they say we are going to form a union you can either be okay with this or you're gonna have to wipe out two-thirds of ign which isn't obviously sustainable for you this this is what it's gonna be let's talk um, but you have to build up to that two thirds and at any point in time that can go awry, at any point in time that can um, be messed up. And it's a bit easier at places like Polygon or Kotaku or Waypoint, not all of which are unionized, but some of which are that are smaller staffs and are also staffs that lean even more to the left than the kind of the rest of the game industry. Um, and so you're likely to find friendlier audiences or just audiences that are smaller. And so it's just easy to kind of control um, in terms of forming a union, whereas IG and, and GameSpot, they're bigger, um, far bigger staffs and far bigger people, yeah. people involved, right? And even as they're still liberal institutions in San Francisco, um, they're ones that are more diverse in terms of people involved and more diverse in terms of thoughts and opinions and feelings on these and also acknowledgements that like i mean like i like damon hatfield i'll just use him example has been at ign for like 13 years now um and basically at this point i feel like he's like is that ign for life unless he wants to leave and so it's like what is the incentive like and i'm just told this i have not talked to damon about this at all obviously but like what it would be the incentive for him necessarily to then join on the union and put the risk in that potentially like this then he could get canned for this 
and trying to start a union where he's already there for, I mean, he's basically got um, tenure at this point where he can do whatever the fuck he wants at IGN. Sorry again. Um, and so I, I, I don't know what, like the argument made that like, what's the incentive for him to join union and like protect everybody else on board. And like, what's the incentive for people who are already established and there and safer. And the incentive would be, well, to protect everybody, to protect everybody's rights and to protect your rights too in the long run. But I think can be hard to convince people of that at times. Right? I, th I think unions can be a scary and kind of terrifying thing to sign on board and like risk a lot to potentially gain a lot of protections and a lot of protections for people to come after you. But people don't necessarily think like that all the times. And then from the other side of the perspective, from like the business side of the perspective, well, they don't want unions because it makes it complicated. It makes things harder. It makes it establishes rights that maybe they maybe don't want established or enshrine things they don't want established to say nothing of the fact of unionizing at game studios, which is infinitely more complicated and infinitely more messy and chaotic, right? Because it ultimately, in terms of the journalism side, it is the like it is the editorial staff and basically management having agreed to this, which is ultimately like, all right, cool. I can see the people involved at game studios. It becomes way messier. People have different jobs. People have different things, and trying to set certain they hours work across different countries and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and trying to set like, well, like you only work this many hours, so that might work, but some people might be able to do that and be able to do a job effectively. Other people the demands that would put on them would be exponentially more like fraught, right? And frustrating. And like a PR person at a game studio and a level designer don't have the same level of work necessarily. And they don't necessarily work the same amount of hours. And so it's in trying to manage that, which is also why like we've talked to them before an in input. And so so of people in the industry about not having a like industry wide standard and the way that like, there are like the kind of production unions in film that are very that are incredibly strong and powerful unions um that are basically like set standards for the entire industry um instead maybe for games we don't do that we do studio-wide standards right so like naughty dog could have different standards than insomniac and then sucker punch then fill the blank fill in the blank fill in the blank right like studios can set their own standards so naughty dog if they want to say hey our standard for when you hit overtime is maybe 50 hours because we like crunching, working hard, doing all the other stuff. And because we're comfortable with that, you at least know the rules going in. Whereas insomnia could be like, no, we're going to set ours at 40 hours. And after that, you get double pay or whatever, this kind of thing. You get this many days vacation, you get this many days of break. Each individual studio and culture can kind of set their own things um, with maybe like a base industry wide standard. But like, games is a, certainly at this point in time and its development is a bit more i think chaotic and messy than film is or tv which have very strong established unions which is also to say nothing of the fact to your basic question of like what does the games look like in 10 15 years it's just very different I like again like i don't think it is sustainable in terms of like the thing people don't want to talk about we're gonna have to charge more money for games probably in the next the 15 years. we're going to have that's to make other, games more expensive that's, and that's, that's the other the side of this do we get to yeah do we get to hundred dollar games do we get to eighty dollar games at a minimum i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised I mean, that's but, the thing for me it was like we haven't changed the price of games since the ps2 era now well hell like i can remember going on 20 years ago yeah like i can remember on my genesis virtual racing was a hundred dollar game 
It was a yes. hundred dollar game. And like fan, our fantasy stars, I think might've been yes. $90. I think super street fighter two might've been 80 on the super mm-hmm. Nintendo and the Genesis. Those are like $140 games. Now, if you do inflation, something, I mean, I'm just making that. Yeah. Up. Like, I mean, that was the thing where like Colin would bang the drum about, about this all the time. We would say like games are cheaper to play and buy now than they've yep. ever been in the history of the industry as they cost more to make than ever before in the history of the industry. That certainly is not a sustainable like business yep. model. You can't have things that are way more money to make while you get less money for them. Like that's just not gonna work. Not every game is GTA five, not every game is Red Dead, not every game is a last of us or Uncharted um that make their money back and then some. Most games aren't that in fact. And you have to be at least make them where like they can make a healthy profit to then like fund the next thing. And right now that's not necessarily the case. Um I just think that we as consumers and we as players and we as gamers have to be okay with the like games can be $70 or $80 like that has to be okay. Like it's not even like games have to be a hundred dollars because like we can just basically adjust them to the cost of inflation, which would be like 70, 75, $80. Like we can, we've been stuck at the same price for again, since 2001 in the PS2 generation when that launched. And so it's like, or I guess 2000. So for 19 years now going on, and so it's like, we have not let games be any more expensive. And we have to be okay, I think, accepting that maybe they should be, right? Like, we've been fine with, like, outrageous prices for movie tickets over the last 20 years. So I think we can also accept the fact that, like, games can be more expensive because they're longer-term investments both to experience the player and also to make as a game designer and game developer. And so it's like we have to be okay with that. Like, in fact, it's weird that I think in part that people will get so upset about it. Um, But... It is what it is. You spend a hundred hours of Witcher three. I think you can pay sixty five or seventy dollars for it and pay five ten bucks more um, for that. Yeah, but that's that's, like that's a big like, piece of this. Like you brought up GTA five. I mean, between GTA five on PS three and PS four and GTA online on both as well, I probably up near four hundred hours now. I yeah, like, exactly. I paid. No, I did pay a hundred and what I see. So when I traded in GTA five on PS three, I think they gave me ten bucks. Thanks, GameStop. <laughs> So I spent like $110 on that game essentially, mm-hmm. which is a good, that's, I, I feel, I still feel like I got my money's worth and now yeah, they're doing absolutely. all through February. If you just log in on GTA online on the weekend, you get $250,000 in GTA money. Like they they just keep that going and rockstar is rockstar and they're, it, they're awesome. But yeah, and it's that thing prices are like, going to go up for sure. Yeah. And it, well, I look at it like you could even, if you want to get into like the financial, like, is it worth it thing, which I think is obviously it isn't a dumb argument to have, but like you spend, I mean, you could easily spend $15 going to movies um, just for one, for one person um, and to see a two hour film, we'll say, and then you could spend $60 for a game that is, even if it's 30 hours long, right? You can then play that game again and again and again and platinum and do different things, different levels and different playthroughs and everything to say nothing of games that are just giant and sprawling, right? Like I played Red Dead Redemption 2, unfortunately, for like 70 hours last year wow. and it nearly killed me yeah um to review that game for ip never again and um i mean that that was a 60 dollar game that i just spent 70 hours playing and i didn't do so much and there was still so much i didn't do in that game like that is a game that easily would have eclipsed 100 hours if i did everything and like should i plot in that game like a 100 hour game for 60 dollars, and it's like this math is not equaling up here like this is just not like making any sort of sense at all like we have to be okay acknowledging the fact that it's not 2001 anymore and that these things like everything else in the world has gotten more expensive except for like this 
Um, and maybe we should be okay also letting this get more expensive, right? That's what I would say. Yep. I think it's definitely, it's such a complicated issue. I feel yeah. so bad for everybody at Activision. Yeah. Um, I Absolutely hope hard goes out to all of them. I hope what Activision is saying about good severance packages and job placement, stuff like that. I hope that's true. And that's not just fluff. Um, I, I really yeah. hope that's true. Cause it's just, it's horrible. Like I'm going through some, some uncertainty at my job right now. And I'm, I'm, I just work in it at a company here in Memphis. It's like where everything's getting shipped offshore for cheaper labor and stuff like that. And I don't know what the future holds. And that's that I can almost, that almost makes sense to me, even mm. though it's affecting people that I work with. Like, I get it. I get the bottom down. I, I get it. But like, this is just, we had our best year ever, but it wasn't good enough. So 800 people, sorry, yeah. you have no jobs now. It just, it just, I mean, it, it set the industry in a very kind of, I think, important discussion about, I mean, this topic, right? About this thing, right? And you can see headlines from like Waypoint and um, others that are like obviously very upset about this and very angry about this. And I mean, even within IP, it's often like a larger internal discussion about like the games industry's like sustainability and just like what is happening right now. And like people, like friends of ours too, that do their own kind of thing, like, hey, I mean, people are not too happy about capitalism right now. It's not the hottest commodity in the games industry at the second, I think. Um, but it's. We, we can definitely do better and we should aim to do better. And there have been a lot of stories around about like what Nintendo did a few years back with like their higher ups, like taking like 50% pay cuts or like going without pay for like a year to make sure that like they didn't have to lay anybody off. Right. And like, I think it's also something you said for like having that's a respect. All, that, that's the Japanese culture versus. Yeah. American and having culture. respect yeah. for your work and having respect for people that are there. Right. And like, I don't think that capitalism is a bad thing. I think it very yep. easily can do bad things. And it's just at the heart of it, you should have this respect and empathy and understanding for the people that you work with or work for you kind of thing. And I think Japan and that kind of culture, particularly at Nintendo, which is the company that it was, very much has that embedded in it. And I think that Activision, ironically enough, actively does not have that embedded in it. Um, but we should all aim to kind of be better. Um, and I think this is another example of that. Like they, they didn't need to let go of these agency people. They didn't need to let go of them. Um, yeah. They did it to make their bottom line look even better while getting a slap in the face of PR um, publicity that just has been terrible and awful. And absolutely our hearts go out to everybody affected. Um, it's heartened me to see like so many game studios step up and have like postings for like job openings and, in like applications where to send them and resumes where to send them and like the industry is kind of taking a step forward to kind of try to help out these 800 people who are now like have lost their jobs right and who just like i mean it could very easily have been like two weeks before one of these people could have bought a house or like yeah. gotten engaged or found out they're gonna have a baby it's like this is the like the thing that has bothered me the most is the lack of like prior notice to the age people right where it was like that morning they were in the parking lot like crying because they didn't know if they were going to get laid off or not like literally hours before it happened they had no idea right and it's just like yeah. there this could have been handled better on so many levels and it could have been handled better on like a human level and so let's just be better to each other you know what i mean that's what i gotta say that's my piece i agree
Let's talk about fun things. Yeah. So what might be a little bit fun is uh, Activision also on this call. They did confirm that Call of Duty is bringing back their single player campaign this year. There's a lot of people speculating that we're getting Modern Warfare 4. Boo. Um, I'm just to the point now. I haven't really enjoyed a Call of Duty single player campaign since Black Ops 1. Um, I think that's by far that's my that's my favorite Call of Duty campaign. I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. with all the, the tie-ins to, to Kennedy and all that stuff. It was it was out there, but it was a lot of fun. But, not, um, actively, yeah. not out there. It's compared to some of the later ones. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, where, where it goes. Yeah. Um, Black Ops 1 is a phenomenal video game. That is such a great it. story. Man, somebody who's, who's played every Call of Duty campaign since Modern Warfare, uh, I mean, I guess technically since Call of Duty 3, um, all the way except for like one. I don't think I finished Ghost because it was trash. Um, I finished it, it just because it was all I had to play on my PS4. So. And I de- and I definitely did. And I didn't finish Modern Warfare Three because it was bad. It was a bad it was. game. It's bad. Two Two was obviously it was it was yeah, it was all downhill after that. Yeah. yeah. Um. But my my whole thing is that like I I did not buy or play a single second of last year's Call of Duty. Um. Because I like I was like you got to boycott if you want. But, like I was like. They don't have a campaign. I think that is such a slap in the face to people who Amen. bought this game for 10 years. Yep. I, and like, it's a thing for me where it's like, I honestly don't know if I'll buy, I like what the next, like, I, I don't know what my fins and call of duty are anymore. Right. Where it's like for 11 years, I like loved this series. And then it's just like to, for that to happen. It's like, I don't know where I'm at with you even right now. Call of duty. Yeah. And also if it is actually be modern warfare four, that blows. Don't do that. Yeah. That series that just let that be bad. Modern Warfare 3 was bad. Modern Warfare 2 was like up and down. Um, it had some amazing highs and some lows that I think are also lows. Uh, Modern Warfare 1 obviously like made Call of Duty into what it was, but like yep. that was also a video game that is now 12 years old this fall. Um, God, that's I was, insane. Yeah, I was in high school when that game came out. Um, I'm not anymore. I was a, I mean, I don't know if we want to do this, I guess, but like, in the fall of 2007, I would have been a sophomore in high school. And so it's like, I was 15 years old. I'm not that anymore. I know. I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Um, <sighs> and so I was like, I was in high school and now it's like, I'm three years away from being 30. And so it's like, I don't know if I want to like really invest in a modern warfare that hasn't been good in certainly not since modern warfare two, which is 2010 years. Right. And so it's like, we got to do something different, do something new um don't do like black ops infinity and beyond either like i really liked infinity war i thought that was or infinite warfare i thought that was yeah. like one of the best Call of Duty games in years it was such a great campaign because it wasn't tied into like this like convoluted mess either like black ops has become so complicated and messy like modern warfare became just complicated and messy like do something new and fresh like change it up like i believe in your ability to do that as makers and maybe you should give maybe hopefully having the year off has allowed you to do something fresh and new but also even if it has i don't know where i'm at with that studio and that series um, yeah black you, ops black ops 3 i i love like i said i love black ops 1 i liked yes, black ops 2 black ops black, 2 yeah black ops 3 though i bought it and i got i played it for like a weekend and was like 
this just Black Ops 3, I feel like. it isn't for me anymore. It was when they went all super. I mean, Black Ops 2 went into the future, but 3 went into the future even more. I was like, I, I sold it on Craigslist for 40 bucks. I was like, I'll take the $20 <laughs> loss and just be done with it. I'm, I'm just, this isn't for me. I'm, I'm done. And when I, yeah, and I lived through it. When I saw Black Ops 4 was obviously just doing the multiplayer stuff in Battle Royale. I was like, y'all suck. And of yeah. course, it was still, yeah. I, I was so happy while I didn't play Red Dead and I have all my thoughts on that. I was so happy that that was the best-selling game of last oh, year. You didn't play Red Call Dead? Duty. No, I can't. Not to, it, not, to, not to derail this, I guess, again, but... What's I just think with it, Red Dead? Give me GTA 6. Like, Ooh. Westerns have never... Really? Westerns have never hooked me. I don't, I don't know... I feel like your dad would like Westerns. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, like... like knowing, knowing what I know about your dad. Yeah. yeah. Like, but, like, they've just... Uh, my dad loves Westerns. It just seems like the game, everything I've heard about the game is it's way, it's way too slow paced and it's yes. way too realistic. I, and the epilogue stuff that I've heard is like, are you dude, kidding me? Dude, are you kidding me? I really got to shovel dude, crap for how long? Like, dude, I just can't. Like, I don't even know if it's that it's slow. P- I mean, I, the thing for Reddit 2 is that that game is 30 hours too long. Like it's yeah. 30 hours too long. Like that is a game that is 70 hours long. That should be 40 hours long. And even that is maybe like generous. Like it is so much longer than it needs to be. And like the original Red Dead, which I think is incredible, is like a 20 hour game. Yeah. And then they went, we're going to dial that up to like 11 and make it 70 hours plus. And the epilogue is something that like rubs me the wrong way because the epilogue is not an epilogue. It's a two a it's a two part epilogue or two like act epilogue right, right. And it's another 22 missions and it's like this isn't an epilogue this is just another act of the game that's how ep- epilogue isn't just as long oh. as like a third of the entire game that's not how epilogues work that's not how epilogues work what yeah. are you doing rockstar like, the original reddit epilogue was finding like spoiler for Red Dead redemption one but like who you're kidding is yeah. like finding the the guy who killed john right it's like being the son kind of doing that story it's like all like one thing it's not that long at all it's like an hour maybe this is like we're gonna give you 22 missions and it's like well okay that's not what an epilogue is at all and it's like this is just no and like it's more to the point like you don't need any of the stuff in the epilogue like you don't need any of it like this is more of a spoiler they did it just to have you be able to play john so they could say like oh look you get to be john marston again it's like it doesn't need that like the way that it ends is actually a really nice touch in terms of like the main storyline with Arthur. And when it goes back to John, you do that first mission. It's like, Oh, is it just like a one-off thing with John? And then like you find out it's not. And it's like, Oh no, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to do this. This is not what I want to do. And it's yeah. unnecessary. And it's it like, just goes and goes. Yeah. And, and it does weird stuff with like the larger, like story and mythology of John and red dead one. It's like this, wait, I didn't need any of this. I don't want it. It's yeah. bad. Red Dead Redemption 2 is messy on a lot of fronts, and its epilogue is one of them, so I don't blame you for playing it. Um, it's it, Like I said, I respect it for what it is. It is a play Red Dead 1. If you played Red Dead 1, play Red Dead 1. Oh, and that's the thing. Great. If, if I would have played 1, I probably would have wanted to play 2, but it's like when 2 first got announced, Sean and I were both like, oh yeah, Rockstar, let's do this, and then it just kept going on, and then as we got closer and I started hearing the previews and stuff, and I was like, you gotta like clean your gun and like cut Red your dead. hair yeah, and yeah, like yeah. what? Why? I don't. I already have to do real life. I don't want to do real life in a video game. Red Dead Redemption One is a great video game. Still, that is a great video game. Um, that is a lot of a lot of really cool games writing about it as well. 
that is like 20 hours long. And as somebody who does love Westerns, because my dad had obviously a huge impact on me, um, Red Dead 1 is a great Western. Whereas Red Dead 2... I'll sum up Red Dead 2 like this. Red Dead 2 thinks it's a lot of things, including the smartest kid in the room. And every... 10 hours it maybe is and then it immediately squanders it away like every like it has a lot of really cool ideas and it has a lot of and it thinks it's a lot of things and every now and again it hits it on the head and then it immediately just goes away like it'll do like a really great moment of scene and it'll just like totally just like let it go um it wants to be so much and it thinks it's subverting and blowing away what a western is and I think, and it's kind of desire to be this grand, giant, sprawling tale of the West. It fails to effectively nail almost any of those aspects. Like, ultimately, I think all the things it tries to do does a disservice to Arthur Morgan as a character, does a disservice to Dutch and John, does a disservice to the larger kind of gang nature, does a disservice to its story of like the end of the West and does a disservice to itself as like a giant open world game. Like, I don't think it lets itself be any of them spectacularly. It just does all of them fine to like good. Um, that's my verdict in Red Dead Redemption. There you go. It makes sense. Um, so speaking of happy things though, yeah, let's talk this, which might be my favorite Nintendo direct of all time. Um, Ooh. And that's, I know that's saying something, but there was a lot of stuff in here for me. So I'm going to run through this and then we'll talk about what we're most excited about. Um, obviously they let off the conference with what blew my mind. I didn't know this was going to happen. I thought it would hit switch at some point, but we got super Mario maker two is coming out in June, 2019. Uh, I'm so stoked for this. I've already played, I never played the first one. Oh my god! It's yeah, it, I know. It was it was the best game on the Wii U. I would say that's it why was, I didn't play it. Oh <laughs> on the Wii U, well, right? That was that simple. I'm very excited. So they added the Super Mario 3D World characters, which I think is odd because you're still in 2D. But whatever. Um, yeah. The cat power up is there. You can do the the slopes, um, so you can slide down on enemies. The angry sun is there. There's new enemies. There's the new UI wheel thing. They haven't explained how touch controls work or if they work. I assume they do. If you're in portable mode, they must. Otherwise, why would you make a Mario Maker? Um, but I'm yeah. so stoked for it. I, I can't wait. Hopefully they let you do something with all the old levels because some people they made some amazing things in the first yeah. Mario Maker, and hopefully absolutely you can see insane. Too. Uh Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is officially out summer of this year. They confirmed Captain Marvel. Uh I never Ooh. played the UA games, so I don't have a I, I just don't have a connection to this. I know it's gonna be good. Um, but it just it it doesn't it doesn't get the hype meter going for for me like it does a lot of people uh and that's not because i'm a marvel hater batman versus superman was just okay um batman or superman was better than oh, way better than justice league i like the last act of justice league better than oh the but the last act maybe after the superman fight was yeah. awesome but getting to that point yeah. batman's like a little schoolgirl, and he's just like yeah. you can tell when like affleck's fat and then he's skinny batman versus superman is a good movie it is a good movie thank you uh smash ultimates 3.0 update is coming soon i don't think they really gave any updates on that but joker Doesn't from matter. persona 5 yeah is coming in april i haven't played that game since i unlocked everybody it was fun to unlock everybody i didn't play that game when it came out so well when it came out i was like 
I was like, why do you not give, why do you not just have on everybody unlocked from the beginning? And now I know because that was the only fun part of it for me was unlocking everybody. Now they're unlocked. I literally have not picked it up since I unlocked everybody. Uh, Box Boy and Box Girls coming out April 26th. There is a two-player co-op option uh, this time. Uh, they announced new Amiibo, which I am so stoked for a few of these. Yeah, I was going to say. Yep. Simon Belmont. And what I'm really hyped for is Squirtle, Ivysaur, and the Pokemon Trainer. Mm. No. I'm not. I, I hate Pokemon. Um, but then they also confirmed later in the day. They confirmed Ken, Daisy, and Young Young Link. Uh, I'm definitely getting Snake. I'm definitely getting Simon. Yeah. I feel like I need to get Ken because I've already got Ryu. Um, so I I don't know why I even have Amiibo. I don't even use them for their purposes. I just like to collect them. Uh, Captain Todd as I like to call him, has DLC coming yeah. out on March 14th. Yeah, he 18 does. new courses, and they're yeah, also, he does. also getting a co-op option, which that part's free. The DLC is paid. Very excited about it. Uh, Bloodstain, like we touched on earlier, finally has a release window. We still don't have a date, but it is officially coming out this year, thank God. Although I think I will play this on my PlayStation um, and not on my Switch. It's coming out summer 2019. I cannot wait. That's probably my second most anticipated game. Ooh, actually, wait. Now it's my third. We'll get to that here in a minute. Mm. I can't wait to play it. Dragon Quest Builders 2 is out July 12th. The boys, uh, my kids had the first one. They loved it. It doesn't do anything for me, but people are hyped about that. As well as Dragon Quest 11 Definitive Edition is coming out. With new character stories, uh, you can speed up the battles, but the cool thing is you can switch between 8-bit graphics and HD graphics, which just looks so cool. Uh, there's a Disney Sum Sum. I don't even know if that's how you say it. Puzzle game coming out 2019. And I wrote in the notes, I wrote, yay. (laughs) (sighs) Onanaki is a new game coming out summer 2019. Uh, it's from the guys who made I am set Suna and lost fear. So, you know, it's going to be a good JRPG. If you Mm -hmm. like that stuff, Yoshi's craftest world, world. I need to play. I haven't played the demo for this yet. I need to download that. Um, very excited for your new Yoshi game. But it's out March 29th. I'm, I am excited for that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Rune Factory 4 special. I don't even know what this is. I, I have no idea. Literally no idea. I yeah. watched. I, I have no idea. Even watching it, I have no idea. So <laughs> coming, like, Rune Factory 4 special is coming out this year and Rune Factory 5 is coming. All right. I, somebody hit the comment section below. Let me know. I have no idea what any of. I don't know what I just said. I don't know what it is. Uh, Fire Emblem. That was the big the big thing that they hyped this up being about, I don't care about fire on them at all. It nope. looks way too confusing and involved. Not for me. Now this one, mm. cause we needed another battle Royale game. Yeah. We got Tetris 99. Now this is the one battle Royale that really I'm like, this would be fun, but I'm not a switch online subscriber. I just haven't, Neither am I. I, I haven't, I, I was hoping that was the one thing that we didn't get in this, that I was hoping was that they were going to finally confirm super Nintendo games are coming to the switch. If they were, and if the price wasn't going up for the online, I would have just said, all right, let, I'm, I'm just going to do it. They didn't. I, I definitely think it's coming. It's not like these people made it up from the code that they were pulling a month ago or whatever. It's there. Um, but it seems like this game is just taking over. I love Tetris. I just hate that this is locked behind the Switch Online. Um, but at some point, I will I'll subscribe to Switch Online, and I will I will play Tetris Battle Royale. I can't even believe I just said that. that, that I Just Tetris Battle Royale. Dead by Daylight's coming out fall 2019. Delta Rune Chapter One is out for free February 28th. This is, of course, the next game from the guys that did. Uh, oh my God, I just blanked. What is it, Logan? I uh, oh God, the role playing game, the super popular, eight bit graphics. Oh my God, it's the one I keep telling Sean needs to download. Oh my God, I'm an Cuphead. idiot. 
No, no, oh, I need to play Cuphead. I need to play Cuphead. You'll get uh, your teeth kicked. I think I think you might rage quit Cuphead. Yeah, we we should do it. Sean and I should do it. Yep. If nothing else, just for the let's play. I, the hilarious. I think it could be very similar to one of my personal favorite anything's you guys have ever done, which is when you did the lost levels. Um, oh my god, that video I is still that. one of my favorite videos ever that you guys did. It is so. If you like, honestly. If you've made it an hour and like 20 minutes into this pod, hour and 50 minutes into this podcast, um, go to youtube.com slash two play car probably yep. and find Sean and uh, Kev's like lost levels. Let's play. I think it's like it might be one off, maybe there's two parts to it. We did three of them and I, three can, of them. I, can, I can never go back. I'm scared. Go watch it because it is like some of the funniest let's play videos i've legitimately have ever watched they're so like because it, it, mainly just like it's just them actually losing their minds I, it, it broke me it, yeah it broke me like like i played that game a little bit when all stars first came out way back in the 90s <sighs> but like i didn't remember just how horrible it was until it's great because you can play. see the moment where it happens here where it's just like they're just like nah we're done like we're just, like, but then like but they're it. not done they have to keep playing and it's just like it's so good that's uh, horrible. Oh, by the way, it was Undertale. That's what I couldn't think of. Yes. Delta Ruins by the makers of Undertale. That was, I just had a favorite Courtney, Alex Neal, favorite games of all time. One of them. I, I want, I, I want to play, I want to get, I want to play Undertale. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dame X Machina was confirmed for summer 2019. There is a demo available for that game as well. Now does nothing for me, but it's there. Hellblade is coming out spring 2019, which means very soon. Logan, how in the hell is this even going to run on the switch? I honestly don't know. And like, it's one of the things that we're like, look, ultimately Hellblade to me is like one of those games, like the last race where like, I wanted as many things as possible. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with it being on PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, whatever. Um, Having said that, I don't know how this is going to run on the switch. I like, I legitimately don't know. I'm concerned that it might not be like optimized spectacularly that it might like it might be a little chuggy or laggy or whatever um because it already it was working on the place it already had like there were a few problems you could have especially when it like launched um so i don't know i'm concerned but also like everybody please play hellblade cinema sacrifice it is an incredible piece of storytelling um with an amazing character in cinema at the heart of it that actually like changed me please play this video game is very 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 good i would say maybe not on the switch but whatever it takes play the game yeah yeah i i I still it's it's still a blind spot for me i need to go back and every time it pops up on a on a playstation sale i i look at it and i then i just usually when those playstation sales pop up i see them and i'm like oh that would be fun and i just forget i do the same thing so one of my old co-workers from back in missouri uh recently got it on a sale and has been playing through it and it gives me so much life how much he's um enjoying it is a weird word for hellblade uh yeah. but is is getting out of it i mean, it's a very 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 good game yep uh, i'm gonna play i will play it this year at some point that's is it in like games on my list is very very sad <laughs> yeah uh 
Unravel 2 is confirmed for March 22nd. Cute little game. Yay, it's yeah. coming out. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered is coming to Switch a little bit later. It's coming out May 21st. Uh, Final Fantasy 9 is out now. Final Fantasy 7 is out March 26th. And Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, I don't know what that is, is out March 20th. Haven't you guys bought these games enough times already? Uh, Astral Chain is out August 30th. This is a new Switch exclusive from Platinum Games. It looks fun. It looks like a Platinum game for sure. And oh my god! Link's Awakening is getting remastered and it's coming out on the Switch, not the 3DS. The 3DS is officially dead. Taylor dead. Swift, the Switch can't come to the phone because it's dead. And I Wow! I'm so happy. Like I love my That's 3DS. The reference. I, love I absolutely love it. I absolutely love my 3DS. Yeah. But it's time to put it out to pasture. You can still have games come out here and there and indie games or whatever, but like you have got the the Switch has almost been out for 2 years now. It is portable. You have got to put all your development into that. And I remember to report like I was tweeting to Adam and some of the guys here. I remember a report that we talked about on the podcast almost two years ago that they were moving the 3DS Zelda team over to the Switch, but nobody knew what that meant. Now we know what it means. By far, this is now my most anticipated game for the rest wow. of the Wow. I mean, you're 2D yeah, Zelda guy. Yeah. I mean, it's like I, I tweeted out ahead of it. I was like, hey, I'm not going to be able to watch the direct because I was taking Noah to get his allergy shots. I was going to be driving. Um, but I said, if anything Zelda happens, just let me know, guys. And then Nick Shivani here tweeted. He's like, uh, somebody better go check on Kevin. And then all of a sudden, I get a text from Sean. It just said, oh, my God. I'm like, wait, what, what's happening? What's happening? And I got home as it was happening. And he said, they did Link's Awakening. And I just I couldn't believe it. So. I love the art style of this. It's beautiful. Very beautiful. Um, Link's Awakening is a blind spot for me. I played it mm -hmm. on an emulator Same. not too long ago, but I didn't. I didn't get all the way through it. I got to a part where there was a lot of. It's a slow moving game, and there was like a quest where I had to go from like one side of the map to the other and back and forth to bring something to somebody, and then something else back to somebody else. And it was just like I'm. I'm gonna go play something else, and I never went back to it. But the, like all I've wanted ever since I first played Link Between Worlds was give me another top-down Zelda game. I always say 2D Zelda game when that's not really it's not really this is obviously a 3D Zelda game. But what I mean when I say that and everybody knows is I, I mean give me a top-down Zelda game. We're getting it. I am so happy. So this is by far my most anticipated game that we know of that's official for this year. Obviously if Last of Us 2 comes out then okay all bets are off. But I don't think oh man. I don't I don't think that's another conversation. I don't think but, it is either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm for me, this that that game right there is why this was probably one of my favorite directs ever. Mm -hmm. Uh Super Mario Maker 2 is huge. Yeah. Um Absolutely. Fox Boy is something I've missed out on. That would be fun to play and Bloodstained Yoshi. Finally, finally getting a release date, and then Yoshi as well. Um what 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 are your Gatorade get hype moments for out of this direct, Logan? So yeah, I mean like it is Yoshi. I love I love Yoshi. Um, I'm very excited for Yoshi. I think that game is actually going to be like a ton of fun. But more importantly, like, it's just going to like be like a really good, feel good game. For sure, the boys are going to love the game. For you, like for oh, yeah. sure, like there's no way they don't. Um, but like it's that. It's I like Captain Toad. Um, I, I mean, Todd, I play his name is Captain Todd. Yeah, my apologies. Um, Box Boy and Box Hero is one that I also is kind of a blind spot for me. Okay. Um, and so it could be fun to do that. But Super Mario Maker too, right? like it's like it's, I didn't play the first one, right? So it is the thing being like to get to especially because again, for me it's just like the opposite of you, where it's like yours is like Link at the end of me, it's Mario at the beginning, where it's like I'm Mario guy. 
So that is the pop for me where it's like absolutely to get to like make my own Mario levels is like, yes, this is what I've wanted to do for 25 years kind of thing now. It's like, absolutely. Like, let's go. And like the 3D world stuff is like, okay. But like, it's everything else in that game yeah. that is going to be like just amazing. Right. And as somebody who like loved Little Big Planet, it's just that, but with like a series that I've loved for two decades, where I guess three decades. And so it's like, yeah, all right, I'm here for this very much. Um, and then I also get Yoshi as well. So it's perfect. And like Link's Awakening is one where it's like, I could do that. I could play that and not have to play Link's Pass. You know what I mean? Makes it easy. <laughs> it's so, it's like, it's one of those games that like Altano, that's, he said that's his yeah. favorite of all time. Yeah. Which and- is a hot take. Yeah, and I love that dude, and I respect him so much that I'm like, okay, I feel like I owe it to Brian to really mm-hmm. play through this game. I don't think there's any way that the the original Game Boy game could be better than Link to Pass or the original Zelda or any of the other, frankly, a lot of the other Zelda games I love. Other Minish Cap is one that doesn't get a lot of love because that was a Capcom developed Zelda game. Uh, I love Minish Cap. That game's a lot of fun with a cool mechanic with you shrinking down and stuff. Um, but I'm so excited for Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get my hands on Bloodstained finally now that I've yeah. been sucked into the whole I'm curious about that one for sure. I'm just glad it's finally coming out this year because Sean and I were both like, until they actually give us a date, this could be a 2020 game. We might be playing this on the damn PS5. Uh, yeah. But it was a very good direct. I was very yes. I was very excited for it. If the point of a direct is to get people hyped, it very much nailed that. It got people hyped in a lot of different ways. Yes, absolutely. Uh, now it's time for the wrap up. A few other things here. So Hollow Knight all of a sudden got a sequel already, which blows my mind. Uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song was announced. It is a full sequel. It started out as a paid DLC, and then they said it expanded exponentially as they kept building on it. Uh, it's a new world. There's 150 new enemies. There's new towns, new bosses, and new quests, obviously. Uh, you play as Hornet this time. You don't play as... I don't even know what the Hollow Knight. I don't even know what his name was. Was his name Hollow Knight? Shovel, I played like uh, ten hours. Yeah. I, I, that's what I want. That's what I want is the Shovel Knight sequel. Damn it, Yacht Games! I love you guys for everything that you've done for all the Kickstarter backers and all that. After you get King Knight's campaign out of the way and their their Smash version, give us Shovel Knight too. Make it sixteen bit graphics. It's been so long. I feel like since Shovel Knight came out, it came out twenty four. So long. Yeah, this is yeah. <sighs> uh but hollow knight so it's only coming out on pc and switch so far they said it could come to more carriers more carriers i've got cell phones on the brain more systems down the road um i assume it will it'll probably Mm -hmm. be like it was with the first hollow knight um and they also announced that the original hollow knight has now sold 2.8 million copies that's awesome yeah absolutely I really like that game it made my top 10 list i just i think i was metroidvania out this year because i had gone through Mm chasm and the messenger before i played that and i also messenger best soundtrack since shovel knight by the way it was a crime that that didn't get nominated for the game awards that made me that was the one thing that i was like come on guys that that was the best that was the best i'll have have you know that when ip did its best uh like soundtrack best music category for game of the year i was the guy who's been like yo we need to talk about the messenger because like alex gonna just like be like i love the messenger i'm alex on neil now hi Hello, I live in Maryland. Uh, he was like, I love Messenger. It made me cry, obviously. But like, I'm, I'm going to fight for other games ahead of it for music. And I was like, Messenger might be my favorite music soundtrack last year. It was so good. And like, yep. I love the Messenger. And like, obviously, like, Jin is a friend of the show for everything for IP. But like, yeah. Messenger is fucking dope. 
It is. So I'm good. sorry again. I guess I'm just I'm the worst podcast guest. Okay. Um, but it is it is so good. I get too excited about the messenger. It's so good. It is such a good video game. Um, it is beautiful. But yeah, that soundtrack is like, whew, come on, guys. The, the funny thing is, so I've gone back now that we're back on audio services around the globe. I went. I, I like to go back and listen to some of our old podcasts, and one of them, like episode twelve or thirteen or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was one of our early podcasts. We were talking about how cool it would be if a video game went from 8-bit graphics to 16-bit graphics. Yes. It's so funny that like we had no idea the messenger was even a thing back then. And now because what we were thinking is maybe Shovel Knight 2 could do something with that. But now the messenger beat him to it. And it's just that game so good. Like inside baseball, like fun fact here on the podcast, especially if you made it two hours into the show, listener. But like mainly for Kev is at PAX East 2018. The messenger was like the game of the show where like everybody was buzzing and talking about it. And it was a thing of like, like running, like we all made appointments to see just because we're friends with Jen. Um, yeah. And she's way too good to us. And so we were like, yeah, we're going to check the messenger out. It looks dope. And it's like, yeah, I'm here for an 8-bit platformer for sure. And so it was Alex. And so we went there and like we went to our appointment together and like they like obviously can break the game. Like they took us like, all right, here's the messenger playing the first like level or whatever get to the end of that and then it's like do you want to see like later on in the game though and we're like yeah sure and they showed it like that game changes genres like oh, it yeah. becomes like a metroidvania but it doesn't start off like that and they showed us that and like alex literally like his brain broke and i sat there like behind him just being like slack jawed being like what is this and then they took us to the final boss in the game when you have oh, wow. all of your abilities and equipment. Yeah. yeah, we get the game spoiled for us, I guess, technically. But like they showed okay. us everything and like all the abilities you have and all the stuff. They didn't do that for most people. They did it for us because we knew them. And they're like, yeah. we were like, oh my God. And we went back upstairs to the press room and sat in that press room and just spread the word of the like, semester and made everybody at IP go play it. We made everybody that were like friends with that were outside of other outlets play it. We like wouldn't shut up about it to everybody. And like it just became like, the thing everybody talked about. And then at PAX West, where like it had come out like three to beforehand, we were like, everybody play the messenger again. It's such a good video game. That game is so ingenious and clever and creative. And it does like, that is like probably still the coolest like demo I've ever had at like a press event. It was like, just like breaking the game, being like, let's just show you some secrets. And it's being like, oh my God, video games, man. We've got more coming this year. They got that free yeah. deal they announced at the the kind of funny show. And it looks really cool. Yeah. And also, by the way, tell Jen to put it on PS4 so I can platinum. This <laughs> I will buy it again. I will definitely buy it again. I know oh, it's yeah. going to come to PS4. It's going to at some point, but I will buy it and I will platinum but this. How platinum. hard do you think that platinum would do, be? Well, what I'm hoping they do is a fair platinum, which is more you know level up everything collect everything find all the hidden green things blah 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 but if they do some kind of a speed run thing where you got to beat it in two hours then i'm out i don't like things like i'm fine with i don't like when games make me play a game multiple multiple times i don't like that's it's like if i can just play a game and platinum in like one go i'm here for that but like i don't love him to be like play the game four different times but it's like i don't want to do that that's not what i want to do um also don't have a bad trophy list like mega man legacy collection which is trash it's a trash trophy list. Yeah, it's that's terrible. one Colin has always that's always haunted it's a him. terrible trophy list. Trophy list, yep. Um okay, next up, I don't really uh, Jim Ryan was announced as the president of yeah. SIE. 
I don't really know. Like if you if if someone were to say, hey, you know, Neil Druckmann is leaving Sony, he's leaving Naughty Dog to go do one of Xbox's new studios. I can tell you what that means and how big a deal that is. I don't know what this means, if it's a big deal or not. It's just it's one of those things, you know, obviously leadership changes happen and everything. It just it is what it is. Um, definitely noteworthy, but I, I think it's 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 definitely not in my realm of, of expertise to say what it actually means, but it's it it happened. So it's a big deal. Congrats. Um and then last week also speaking of Greg Miller, the dice world and my game of the year, Logan's game of the year. Mm-hmm. More my game of the year. Uh, it's my third favorite game of all time. Is where I ranked it. Okay, behind Metal that was the thing because again, you were you were a God of War game. That's the thing for, for me where it's like I would love to sit down and pick your brain about this later on. Where it's like you were the guy who I remember we were having discussions when I stayed in Memphis for like that weekend, and it was like I liked God of War a lot, but I was always like Kratos sucks as a character after God of War one. Like and God of War one, he's good. And God of War two and three, he's bad character. And you were like, no man, like. He's, he's good. I, I still think he's good. And then to get to the point now where it's like the whole industry has been like Kratos is a phenomenal character. Yeah. And it's, it's a great moment. I feel like I've, I've, I've always defended him. Yeah. I think. And the God of War games in general. Yeah. I, I think he is a very always, well, obviously now, but before now, like he has always been a very deep character and a very mm. just interesting character and everything. I don't think. I think maybe the writing around him was not the best, but I think him yes, as a character sure. has always fascinated me. I think he's a great character. I think people that just focus on the Calliope and Gary's like that, you're you're kind of trying to go least common denominator there, and that's always I've always def- I defended him on a local podcast here also with with uh, the the Blur Without Fear Ernie and those guys as well. Um, but yeah, this is this game was. My hype level for it was through the roof from the first it's one. I thought it's a three twenty six great video game, and it's and it exceeded that. Um, but I yeah. want to go back and maybe I'll just do that instead of playing any SNES games. I want to go back and play God of War again. I haven't played it since it came out because, um, like, just the effect. I mean, like, obviously, you two said for a game all time, and Greg and Trevor and Stone, who like what it did to them is incredible to be like in that kind of collective moment and. I would love to play this game again. I might, I might do that this summer. Just play through God of War again. Yeah, and just the way that they did the the writing, it's incredible. Was so well, it's so well done, and it's like when I think of Kratos as a dad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a dad, but it's like the whole thing of you want to pass on the best parts of you yep. to your kids, and you don't want to pass on any of the bad things. And he's yeah. a lot of bad things in his past, and it's just like. It was so well done. There's so many great moments in this game. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. almost unspoken and oh, yes. yes. Again, so many quiet moments that don't have like don't need words that convey so much depth and power to them, right? And like you hit the hail on the head for me, or like the theme of the game where it's like wanting to kind of transfer on the best parts, right? And not the sins of the father, right? And like it for me is huge spoiler for God of War. Huge, just mega spoiler for God of War. So get out now if you haven't played the game. Uh, but like whenever you kill um, Boulder at the end of the game mm-hmm. and you kind of, you as you kind of have Mon, as Freya's kind of watching on and she's like, she won't do it. She'll, she'll let him kill her. And Kratos is kind of talking to Eritrea and he's like, we have to be better than this, right? Like we have to be better than what we've been for all of our history. Like we can't just be gods 
in this endless cycle of killing and murdering each other. We have to be better. We ha- I mean, like we have these extraordinary powers. We have to be better. We can't do this anymore. We can't be these people anymore. We can't just let the cycle of bloodshed in, which also goes into like what I think, like my pitch for like what God of War's kind of trilogy will be about. Um, but it is crazy very much being like we are putting an end to this kind of era of gods like this. Like we cannot be these people anymore. Um, and he in particular puts like all this under air trace. So, like we have to be better. You have to be better than this. Um, the game is incredible in terms of what it does, with, like family dynamics and in particular father son, which obviously affects both of us very strongly is literally in your case, a father and a son. And in my case is a son. Yeah. Um, God of War is an incredible video game in terms of like, what its story does. And then also like I could go on, we could do a whole, I did a whole, like, we could do a whole yeah. about this game, but like the, the, the other, Thing too is it's like when you think back to that time where when atreus is starting to get the rage of the titans or the rage yep. of the titans or whatever you want to call it based on what game it is when he's starting to get that rage and kratos sees it him and he's like oh my god no i've 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 put this into him and i yep. as a dad i can see some of my when i do see some of my traits that i'm not the most proud of coming out coming out of my kids it's the same thing it's like oh god no i can't let this mm-hmm. happen i have to stop this the game's just the game's just so game's great Awesome. It's slaughtered, yeah. It dies. Oh gosh. Um, but yeah, so it won game of the nine year out of twenty-three. And nine total out of twenty-three categories. So it also God. won in addition to game of the year. Outstanding achievement in art direction, character for Kratos, original music, sound design, story, game design, and game direction. And it also won Adventure Game of the Year. I, I don't Adventure Game of the Year is such a weird thing. Yeah, like that, yeah. Metal- solid five one a few years ago i'm like that's not an adventure game adventure games are they're like point and click games and what they like evolved into with our quote-unquote walking simulators and stuff those to me are it's a weird category and action adventure game but that is completely different from an adventure game so that's just always i mean i'm glad it won another award but i just think that's a weird one uh celeste was the only other game to win more than one award it won year and action game of the year it just it it's it's one of those where I just need to play it on assist mode to see what the big deal is. But it's just like when I, a, game, when a game fights me as much as this does. Yeah. I'm like, don't I don't want to play this game. I just don't I beat play. Celeste almost out of spite. I did not love. I mean, don't, I guess don't let me JG, but also maybe let me JG a little bit. Like I did not love Celeste. I did not have any. It did not have the impact it had on most people. I was like this. I feel like other games did this story better, and like it's taken okay. like anxiety and mental health of like i feel like it actually wasn't very there um it felt kind of fluff and just kind of plashed on but it, it didn't feel great um so i think you can ultimately probably skip Celeste if you want to it didn't do yeah. a lot for me okay. um i will say that yeah, that's where like, i'm at right now with it's just got like a neat so, yeah it's got a neat soundtrack but like i don't think you need to play a game just for a neat soundtrack <laughs> right the soundtrack um, right and uh, Red Dead 2 won the award that it definitely should win. It won technical achievement. I can't, mm, can't mm, argue with mm, that. Mm. Uh, one of the most technically impressive games I've ever seen, even though I don't really ever want to play it. Yeah. And that leads us to the Did You Know section of the podcast. Uh, I'm not going to sing. It's bad. Did Sean, you know? It, it's, so we've gone through a few different things. I'm just not. Sean will sing when he gets It's the back of the box. It was the best. That was the best soundbite. We've been struggling to come up with a new "Did you know" thing because we've retired the back of the box. But yeah, I thought about bringing like do my own back of the box to surprise you, but then we can think of like, man, that's gonna be really hard to then show you the back of the box. And if like t- is like a whole thing, 
I want you to know I wanted to, and whenever yeah. later this year that I'm on the show live in person in Memphis, Sweet. I will do. I will have a live back of the box challenge waiting for you and Sean. We'll bring it out of retirement for you. Exactly. Um, but I've got a special. Did you know this one's for you, Logan? Because I yes. know you. I know you hate Zelda One. I'm kidding. It's just it's a meme in and of itself. Now it is it. a meme in and of itself at this point. But did you know? Okay. In the original design for the oh, original God, Legend okay. of Zelda, you were going to start the game with your sword. You weren't going to have to walk into the cave. Okay. But and you will like this. What they found out from playtesters is that the game was too abstract. They that played like people that were playing the game were like, I don't know what to do. I'm just walking around. I don't know what to do. So what they decided was the reason they did it's dangerous to go alone, take this and put the sword in that first cave is because they realized that, wait, if you start on this screen, you've got nothing. But then you realize, well, there's a hole over here. If I walk in that hole, I go down here. Holy crap, I found a sword. Mm. Okay, so I guess mm. I really need to explore this world. So quick, it's just a little tidbit, but that's one of the cool things about The Legend of Zelda is that they realized that early on before they actually finished the game and everything, they're like, if we want people to know what this game is back in 1986, I think when it came mm. out, like they said, we have to invite people to know that they need to explore this world and give them some kind of motivation. So that's why they didn't start the game with the sword for Link. I like that idea of like, we have to invite people to explore invite people to kind of discover the world. That's a cool kind of ethos to have for the game. I'll give you, I'll give, I'll give Zelda one that. Thank you. It's a great game. You should play it. And like, I've already beaten the game. I know. I know you should play it again. Literally, don't do, we're like, quest. Don't do the lot second of quest. second quest is horribly hard. I'm not gonna play the, I probably just won't play the game again. I played, I did the one thing. I was like, that's all right. You I, will say, I will say this. The kind of the the Twitter journey is a kind of updated beating each dungeon as it did. And then like the actual like the feeling of actually beating Ganon and just being like both like I'm done with this and also like I did this. It was like it was a pretty great finish being like I did this. I got beat this 30-year-old obscure just terrible, just nonsensical game. Um, and I did it. It was great. Like it was a great feeling. Like I could definitely have imagined being the kid being like, "Thank God, I'm done with this." But also, like I did it. Like it is a it is a good feeling in that regard. Well, and he he is an awesome. That's the hardest. That's got to be the hardest Zelda game for sure. Just in terms of like obtuseness. Yeah, oh, by far the most. Obtuse. Yeah, that's yeah. Because the other ones, I mean, they they hold your hand to a point. Like I was saying, like a link to the past. Like you you pull up the 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 map and it says one, two, three, four, five, six. It tells you which dungeon to go to next and stuff. It's much where Zelda is just like, one. Well, oh. even but like even like small stuff like the walls have cracks in that you can blow up. Whereas like that's always my thing for Zelda one. So like it's just bomb I, every I, wall. It's literally just impossible. Yeah, you just bomb every wall. It's like it, I would be if I was kind of been like this is dumb. Like I'm just bombing every wall. And it's like it's just it's like. The people who like first beat the game were like lunatics. They're because they, they just had to drop bombs. They were like bomb, 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 like bushes, walls, anything. It was like this is crazy talk, people. Yeah, the only good, the only good thing is when the only easy part about that is the the only walls that you can bomb in the dungeons were always in the middle. Whether it was top, you know, top, bottom, left or right, it was always in the middle. You you could never bomb anywhere else on the wall. It was always right in the middle of the wall. So that was that helped you out a little bit. But yeah, when you're out in the wild, yeah, if you don't know exactly everywhere. Yeah, it's just like, oh, man. And, and like sometimes I forget where I'm like, wait, is it this screen or the next screen? And I'm like, oh, crap. Well, and it's that thing, too, of like, and you could be like, oh, we don't need to beat the game. But it's like you do because like the, like at least yeah. one dungeon, literally you need to like bomb like to discover. And it's like, this is just crazy yeah. talk, people. It's a great game. 
I think I I bumped it down from number two. I think I bumped it to number eight on my top ten list because that was more. Uh, it was more just, I just Metal I, Gear Solid Three: Links to Past. Got a word? Yeah. Okay. I love them. They're oh god. Never played a Metal Gear game. Konami. Konami. Stop mm. screwing mm. around and give me Metal Gear Solid Three and the Fox Engine. Don't just make freaking pachinko machines, you guys. They're I'm. I would not hold your breath. Unfortunately, I think they will. They will remake something. It or they will let Blue Point do it. We we will get maybe, a remake yeah, maybe, of some yeah. kind of Metal Gear Solid game, but I don't know what it'll be. I want it to be three because it's my favorite game of all time, and I just want to play it with five's controls because they're perfect. Whew. that was a doozy, Logan. Yeah, yeah, that was a two-hour and twenty-minute podcast. Not the longest podcast we've been on, but we're getting close. No, we've we've done longer. Our episode fifty drunken live stream was oh, trust four. Me, I know. I know. We thought it was what two and a half, and we're like, wait, how is this great? Get more homework for you, audio listeners slash viewer. Um, if you haven't seen it, go yeah, go watch that episode fifty. Get us the view. Watch time. it. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, go watch it. Don't listen to it. Watch Don't it. You have to yeah. Be it is so good. It's such a great slow unraveling of two individuals. Um, it- when it, it hits, is amazing. it is hard. It's amazing. <laughs> um, but that's it for episode 125 of the Two Player Co-op Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, Logan, for being here. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Like I said at the top, it's been it's been way too long. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm glad we got to do this. Um, we could definitely do it more often if I had internet out in the uh, <laughs> recording studios, but it's, sure. it's tough to squeeze me and Sean both in here in this upstairs bedroom. But that makes uh, sense. Um, you didn't do any cheap plugs at the beginning other than just, you know, you did Irrational Passions. Irrationalpassions.com. Let um, everybody yeah. know they can find you everywhere, Twitter, all that good stuff. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, other things, I guess, at Lefilogi. Um, not loggy. It's, it's okay. Everybody makes a mistake. Kev did. Everybody I did does. it for a long Everybody time. does it. Yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, I didn't make the nickname. My cousin did. He was a child, so blame him. It's fine. You can pick on him. He's he's you know he's a baby. Um, at Luffy Logie, uh, I am at Arrest Passions um, over there doing previews, reviews, features, podcasts, interviews, input. A video game news show it was a podcast I co-host alongside Jarrett Green and George Cruz Alvarez. We just hit our 80th episode. Um, which is crazy. Um, it is a video game news show. People seem to like it, which is nice. Uh, you should go check out that. Go check out certain episodes I would recommend. Um, we interviewed one Jean-Vierre Saint-Ange-Miller from Papa Jinda. Um, and it's still probably one of my favorite podcasts I've done. Jen is obviously amazing um, and is way too nice to the world at large, but in particular us at IP. We also did the Inputies, which is where we just made a, like, award show that kind of was like making fun of award shows but it was super fun because it was like the one time of year where like george let us just get wild and crazy and break the rules um so you listen to that as well those are both very good um otherwise you can just follow ip um anything that goes live i pretty much have my hand in as a senior staff member and managing editor for the site so just do all that everybody is very talented there um and then this month we have you know Video essays should go live. Uh, we have Let's Plays that have been like one of my big creative forces we've been doing at Let's Plays. Uh, me and Mike did a Let's Play of A Way Out. And that is when we can see me, it's my turn now, slowly lose my mind as we play <laughs> through that game. In particular, the end, the last episode, where we like realize what the end of that game is, is just me like 
in stunned silence for a long period of time. So you should go watch that. Mike did a really good job in the last edit. Like if at the very least, watch like the last like two minutes of episode 15, the last episode, because Mike did a really good supercut of like me and Joseph Ferris together. Um, and is very good. Um, so go check all of that out as well. My Resident Evil 2 review went live. I talked about it a lot in this episode. Go read that. I would appreciate it. Um, and then just, you know, we're out here on the internet. PAX East is next month, which is like a month away whenever you listen to this, probably. Um, so be excited for that as well. Kevin, what do you got? Please be excited. Uh, obviously, you can find me and all the guys here in Memphis at nerd901.com. So go to nerd901 for all things nerdy in Memphis and around the globe. Nick, I still got to get the tagline right. I got to do the new tagline. I'm sorry. Uh, obviously, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at KevinWhite24. Sean is still alive. He's at Real Sean White. Together, mm-hmm. we are at two player underscore co op. Uh, we obviously, I don't know if you're listening to this or watching or whatever, but if you are still listening or watching, go to youtube.com slash two player co op. Hit the like button on the video. Hit the subscribe button. Even if you never watch us on YouTube and you just listen on audio, it would mean the world. If you can go over to youtube.com slash two-player co-op, I'm losing my voice, and hit the subscribe button. It goes a long way towards getting us to our goal of a thousand. Yeah, I guess you said that too. I'm bad at this. Go also, yeah, like like and subscribe and follow us on Twitter uh, for rushpassions.com. Especially like if you do nothing, follow us on Twitter. George Cruz is an amazing social media guy. He's literally getting like a degree in this, and he's very good at it, and you make him feel good. And George should feel good because he's a good boy to do that. And also subscribe to Input. And if you don't like what you hear on Input, be sure to give your negative feedback to Moises Tavares from OKBeast.com. He wants to hear it. Go find him on the streets of New York City in in some bodega and just tell him what you don't like about Input. He's very excited to hear it. Um, He will appreciate it um, and let him know that. Awesome. Uh, and, you, and I, no, I won't do it. <laughs> if you don't like what you heard in this episode, I want you to tweet at real Donald Trump and let him know what you didn't like about this episode of two play co-op. That's where I were at. I mean, who else can we tweet at? You know what I mean? Build a around. Build a wall <laughs> around the podcast. I'm going to make the best podcast. <sighs> it's going to be bigly. Our, our, our goal this year is to get more bigly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I said something the other week on a podcast with Sean. I said something about being big at E3, and he Ooh. just started laughing because he thought I said bigity, bigity three. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I did. If I say it too fast, it sounds like bigity. Um, but yeah, that's it. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> Episode 125. I can't believe we've gotten that. Yes, high. absolutely. Uh, I mean, like as an aside, like absolutely. Congratulations to 125 episodes. That is incredible, Kev. You should be very, very proud. I was eight episodes last year when we were just doing YouTube, but yeah. I was here in the pre-YouTube days, pre-video days, oh, yeah. listener. I mean, that's where that's how long I've been trucking along here on these yeah, it's been almost, journey. Almost three years because I think we've yeah. had our own home review. I was gonna say roll. I think it was April, so we're getting close to three. We years. knew from the minute, like right that second, that we were gonna have some divisive gaming opinions out here. Um, Gone Home is a great video game, uh, but. Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible. 125 episodes. Like, that's a thing that, especially having done this for so long, like so many things, so many people start up things and then stop after a few weeks or five or 10 episodes or 15 episodes, 20 episodes. Um, but, I mean, this has been year. I mean, literally since 2015, you guys have been doing this. Uh, that is crazy talk. 125 episodes of this podcast. Um, should be very proud of that. You and Sean. You know I mean, 
Thank you. I'm glad Sean decided to move here. Otherwise, this would not be a thing. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, Sean isn't here, but like, props to Sean. I love Sean very, obviously, very dearly, but like, guys killing it constantly, doing so much stuff, doing Let's Plays way before IP was doing them and like, even remotely cohesive fashion. Mario Monday's great. Go check that out as well. They did some video reviews. They're pretty good. Uh, If I say so myself, there you go. Check all this stuff out. I appreciate it. Also, check out the new 901 guys. They're all cool. They're all awesome. Um, we got such a great bunch of guys. Yeah, and Ernie absolutely. just continues to blow up. He's over yeah. thousand subs, I think. Yeah, just, absolutely. He's, he's killing it. Absolutely killing it. Um, and like Nick is there too. And like, unfortunately, like I think he's an LSU fan. Um, we try not to hold that against him too much. Um, if you go can Gators, see Logan's hat. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not just the hat. I also literally have a Gator. I'm wrapping oh, a Gator as well. Um, I know where I come from. I know my pride. Go Gators, man. Well, yeah. Hopefully, my Giants will be better next year. I don't hey, want. If it makes you feel better, now that we're at the end of the podcast, you can do whatever you want. Uh, at least you're not a Jacksonville Jack. If we like, whenever you get sad, listener, just hold on to this fact: at least you're not a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. And if you are, well, I got nothing for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I share your pain. It's fine. I mean, mm. I was born and raised in that city. It's okay. Uh, it gets better. Every now and again, you make it to the AFC yeah. Championship game. Every 20 years, you get there. Shout out to Mark Brunel, Fred Taylor. Shout, you know, shout out. Tony Baselli. Yes. But I was actually going to give you one that you would like, too. Shout out to Tom Coughlin. Oh, yeah. I love Tom Coughlin. Who built that team and then left to go to the Giants. And we've been the same since. Yep. And came back and, yeah. Guess I it, but, won't be surprised if Eli ends his career there. We'll see. In Jacksonville? Yeah. But I don't know. It seems if if we really do no because Haskins this year, then I don't. I, I won't be surprised if Eli's like, I'm good. Can y'all just just let me peace out here? I just want Eli to retire the giant. I I just want Eli to retire because he's my favorite football player of all time. So I get that. It makes I, sense. I don't want him to go anywhere for sure. Yeah, retire. It's a giant. That's what he should be. Yep. Yep. All right. That's been a lot of fun. Yes. Thank you guys. Thank so you for listening. For Thank you, Logan, Thank you for, for inviting me on. Absolutely, Kev. Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time. Yes. Uh, appreciate all you taking the time to listen to us. Until the next time, I guess I'll just take you out. <gasps> Thank you for playing. Wait, hey, I can throw a pin. I can, I can, do, I can catch it. Is that oh, wait. Still, is He's that still a trick. pit that you guys do? Do it. You can't look at it. That's what Sean does. He doesn't look at the pin. You just flip it up and just... I will just say I caught it. We'll edit that. I caught he the caught pin. It. He caught I it. I caught it. Great. Yeah. Thank you for playing. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>